What is up, everybody? What would you guys think about that intro? Fantastic. Big fan of it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Yeah, so Jules actually created it and, and, and sh- showed me how to do it. But anyway, listen, everybody, welcome to another Pin to Gas podcast. And I've been so excited about this one. It's such an honor today to have Milo Ward and my man, Joe Thomas, on the podcast. What is going on, mates? Hey, man. How are we doing, Chris? Thanks for having us. Oh, listen, it's absolutely my honor. Um, so yeah, man, listen, I can't wait to get into this one. We got so much to talk about. Uh, but everybody that's watching this right now and that's gonna watch it in the future, this is part one of many that's coming up. So stay tuned because it's gonna be proper. But listen, Milo, Joe, uh let's start, right? I we had a pre-chat. Uh, I want to get into how each of you guys actually got into racing to begin with, and then how each of you became good mates that you are and and all that so uh i want you two to actually tell your story so uh either one of you guys can can start uh milo or, or joe yeah, yeah you well, start, technically, you technically you started racing before me no oldest first that oh. <laughs> <laughs> five months makes a massive difference yeah, big difference big difference uh, right uh well i got into, got into riding because my dad he was big into watching mogp well, two bikes used to take me to all the races We here, here in Britain. Um, used to go down on the back of his bike. So that's all just progressed then into um, him doing track days, me going along and watching. And then I think when I was about three, three-ish, I got my first little first little bike, the Honda QR50. You know, I want one of the peewee lads. I was, I was on a Honda. <laughs> and uh, razz that around in the fields, as you do, you know, just – Messing about, trying to, trying to uh, stay out of trouble. And any, any crashes? Oh, lots. Yeah, cool. I remember, I remember <laughs> hit. I, ironically enough, it was the first time I hit a tree. Many to come. There's a few after that. Yeah, yeah. First time I hit a tree was on the little Combi Car Fifty, flat out in this little field. It's a bump. Launched me up in the air. Saved it because you know that's what I like to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it that hard? I was wearing one of the motocross with the with the peaks and the, the bits on the front. Is it that hard? It snapped it and cut my cheek open. <laughs> but you know, get up, carry on. Um, and then started running little mini motos then because the off road was getting a bit. The places we were going weren't where you would pay to go. It was, it was, you know, disused land, and um, it got taken over. So, bought some mini motos. Me, my brother, and my dad used to go ride mini motos, and then, then it just sort of spirals out of control at that point. Yeah. You know, you go. There's a place over in Northampton, which isn't too far from where I grew up in Wellingborough, and uh, it's called GP Karting, or it was called GP Karting, and little indoor track, really good little place. And there, and there was a few of us down there, so you had um, the Mackenzies, yeah, uh, Taylor and Taron, they were both oh. there. Jamie Perrin, another really good um, British level super sport rider. Uh, then there was me and my brother, and we used to go riding around this place only on like li- little little blasters. And uh, once you start doing that, that you know people say, "Ah, oh, should go try outdoor." And you know you go go and do a race because you just in the indoors you just practicing. So then it was two thousand and six. Went to my first indoor outdoor race uh, down at Lid. So I think we got up at, I don't know, three in the morning, loaded my mini moto, my brother's mini moto into the back of my mum's. 
She had a little, you know, the old Mercedes A class, the little, yeah, little yeah. Mercedes. Into the back of that, I'm sitting in the back. My dad's in the front. My brother's in, in the front. I'm in the back with you know bits of bike over the top of me, and we trundle on down to to Lid, which is Kent Kentway, Essex Kentway, isn't it? I think. Um, you know, two and a half hour drive. Get there really early. Go out for a for newcomers practice, novice practice, because you know you rocked up on the day. Went out. There was. I got my first podium that weekend. Yeah. It was three of us in the race. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> actually, actually, I won my first race that weekend. That's hilarious. It was in the novice race. All right. It was okay, three yeah. of us. And my brother broke down. <laughs> and I think the other guy had a bike problem. And I won. <laughs> yes. would say it was a good start. Well, not well, my brother. Oh, right. <laughs> but it was a start, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, from there, it was like, oh, should we do a few more next year? So we went along and, you know, suddenly I started getting a little bit faster. And, oh, should we get a new mini moto? Because so our mini motors were like 10 years old at that point, And everyone else was on the newer GRC RRs. I was on a Polini GP1, which used to be the monoblock chassis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rather than like the trellis one. So it weighed a ton. This little mini moto weighed an absolute ton. But it did have twin discs on the front. Nice. Seems necessary. Pucker. Pucker. That's, what <laughs> like That's what you needed on a, yeah. on a four horsepower mini motorcycle. <laughs> um, yeah, and then it sort of progressed from there. Um, went up to the next car, started, you know, winning and getting near the front. And then, and then it comes along the geared bikes. And then once you start doing that, you get the slightly faster. So went on the Conti V2, then to a Conti V3. That championship then got stopped. So I had to sell the Conti and buy, buy a metric kit and enter the British metricates um did a right in that won a couple won a race or two quite a few podiums then the next step from there is to go and do the do the big tracks go go don it and silverstone and all that sort of stuff so i joined the aprilia super teams at that point and missed the first race because i crashed in spain <laughs> broke broke my thumb on the final day of testing in spain so you know, had to wait a little bit and then, yeah, we entered the, entered the super teams. First year, it was typical super teams, learning you, you know, really enjoyed the tracks. Kind of a few podiums in the Nitro newcomers. In the super teams, you had split class, main super teams, and then the newcomers had the separate class for us, orange bibbers. And uh, did all right, started getting near the front towards the end. And the following year, did, did not too bad, too many, too few too many crashes which at that point in my career I, I was quite well known for crashing <laughs> i didn't have the ability to go ah third will do <laughs> it was a case of oh God, i want to go faster and then all of a sudden i was in the recovery track coming back with <laughs> a scratch to brilliant and my dad looking at me disappointedly and going maybe next time mate this is what makes me want to passenger you yeah. so much you know i <laughs> And then, Bad. yeah, once you, once you do super teams and you get towards the front, I guess it's natural progression then to look towards what you're going to go go towards next. You know, always wanted bigger bikes, always watching MotoGP, and you think, oh, that's where I want to get to. That's always the dream. And uh, went and bought a Honda RS125 GP nice. bike, and went and did the British Moto Style 125 class. 
Uh, well, one, two, five. It was one, two, five, and Moto three with sort of coming together at that point. So you had the both four strokes, two fifties, and the one, two, five, two strokes on track together. Few good races. Again, a lot of crashing, a lot of seizing. Yeah, those two strokes were obviously. They were. You'll know they uh, they're a bit temperamental. Yeah, a little bit, just a little bit. And uh, yeah, not that good. But by that point, I was getting quite tall. Yeah. So you know, I was sort of 15, 15, 16 at that point, and I was getting on to five eight, five ten, and it was a bit of a case of these bikes aren't made for a, a big lad now. I was never the skinniest, so it was like, let's move on to a 600. So, jumped on a 600 and went and did Thundersport for a year as a, as a learning year. Loved it. Absolutely loved riding the 600. It, it suited me to a T. Um, won a race there and on the podium, had some really good runs. Really, really, really good racing, really good championship ride. The guys who were in that club racing year with us was... <laughs> Uh, Dave, David Todd, both the Neve twins, who you know they're flying now. Both of those are um, Harry True Love, Matt True Love. You know some really, really good fast six hundred riders. Uh, Joe Sheldon Shaw, he was he was in there with us as well. Some real top British riders, and it was you know it was good because we're all le- we're all learning at the same time, but bouncing off the side of one another, <laughs> uh, going round, and then then the natural progression is then to Jumped to British Stock Six because I was, I was 17, 17, 10, 18. Went up, went up Stock Six, and that took that took a few years. Once you get to that British level, the the, the riders caliber is <coughs> pucker, absolutely pucker. So that took a few years. I founded twenty sixteen and seventeen. I think at the end of seventeen, I got my first podium, which took nearly two years to get run run to the front of pace. Then 2018, I then joined GNS Kawasaki and joined GNS Tom and Mark Fisher there. Fantastic. They gave me a bike in the confidence center, pushed towards the front. Never got the elusive win in that class, though. I got I've got seconds, got fastest laps, got poles, and a couple of the podiums. But again, I, I, I hit the deck a couple of times. And then at the same time, that's when I started sidecar passengering. Um which was his dad's fault. <laughs> um, you got to blame the passenger, don't you? <laughs> it's all, it's all, like, on that, it was a case of, uh, I was Billy Big Bollocks. I said to your dad, I was like, oh, I'll have a go at that. I think I'll fucking I'll have a great fun. I can have a go at that. Easy. Thinking nothing of it because you had to have a license, special license. And, you know, I said, he's never going to ask me. It's fine. And then one day he rang me like, can you do some sidecar passengering in like two weeks? I was like, oh, yeah, I guess. I, I, I've said, I, I've said, I, w- I would give it a go. There's no reason why I can't. And I, yeah, right. I was at uni, so I had, to, I had the free time to, to go and go and do it. You know, only miss a lecture or two. It doesn't really matter. That's fine. <laughs> and uh, yeah, basically went and uh, applied for my passenger license online, and I got behind it because of my the solo stuff. Went down to Mallory and jumped on with a chap called Keith Walters, who does a lot of the. Yeah, he does a lot of classic racing over in, in Europe and, well, mainland Europe. And he's been racing since, oh, I don't know, about 40 years. Oh, um, in 200 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. They were they, 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 they were new sidecars when he first started. Jumped <laughs> 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 the side with him, and uh, 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 it was a wet wet day. And on the classics, they don't have wets and dries; they just have tires. Yeah, <laughs> which I think were originally designed for horse and carts. Yeah. <laughs> they jump up, jumped on the side, and he was like, "Don't worry, I'll just go gentle." And he was for the first lap, maybe. <laughs> and then we tipped into Gerrard's at Mallory, which is the quite a fast right-hand 180-degree corner. And I'm leaning over the side, like, "Yeah, I know what I'm doing here. I'm hanging off." And then all of a sudden, I'm he's rotated the sidecar sideways. I'm facing towards the inside barrier at this point. He's facing the inside barrier. But he's just controlling it on the front. <laughs> it was absolutely magical. The whole way around, he just went sideways in the wet, all the way around. And I was like, this is really, really cool. <laughs> I was like, that's wicked. And then we broke down. So I got a real, I got a real sidecar experience. Yeah, real, real sidecar racing. Probably leak oil. Yeah. <laughs> no, electrical problem. Electrical problem. The other, oh, the other yeah, 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 electrical problem. Um, and then yeah, so then I had my sidecar license. So I was like, well, I've got it. So I sort of just in the sidecar world. If you want to get into it and do it, in especially in the UK, and I think it's used a bit in the, for the states as well. I think they they use it. It's called Steve's Place. And as a passenger, you just put in. This is me. I'm a passenger. I'm a novice. I'm this size, etc. I'll pay towards half entry or whatever. And I'd agreed to ride for someone at Alton's because someone's passenger had dropped out and they'd shouted. I put on them. I spoke to them and they were like, yeah, yeah, come and join me. And then about a week or two before I got a phone call and they said, uh, oh, no, I've got someone else on now. So you're not needed. And then about, I think it was on a no, it was on a Thursday morning before, and the racing was the weekend the coming up. It was on park for the um, FSRA pre-injection championship, first round. We'd been out on the lash the night before because Wednesday was a student night. So I was hungover and uh, got a phone call from this chap who said, I hear you might have been willing to sidecar passenger for someone this, this weekend. Are you still available? And... I was just like, yeah, where do you need me to go? And they were like, can you get to Alton Park by tonight? I was like, yeah, I can do that. So fired up to, to Alton Park. How far is How Alton far Park from you? I was at, well, we were in Swansea at the time, so it would have been three, 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 and, a three and a half hours. Three and a half, and it's it's really nice road. Yeah, it's a lovely drive. And compared to, obviously, what you're used to, it was it was just down to the shops, really. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. right around the corner. Yeah, yeah, you probably wouldn't have packed. You just gone back home every night. Just <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it was a big to me. It was a big journey. Yeah, <laughs> big, yeah, big commitment. So I jumped in the car, went on up, slept on someone else's floor. It was one of your dad's friends right. um, in his motorhome on the floor, and guy. Then uh, before I arrived, I went. He was like, this guy rang me once I got there. He was like, I'm in the pub. Uh, typical sidecar drivers went into the pub and there was this scouse well, we're gonna kill him we've called him scouse he's 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 from there from saint helens up, up near liverpool so he's an everton fan though he's a woolly back <laughs> if i called him scouse he'd get really upset with me it was a, it was a woolly, woolly back chap called john and he was there pinting and 
beaming ear to it and went, you're Milo. I was like, yeah. And he's like, I'm your driver. <laughs> I was like, how many of those have you had? <laughs> and then, yeah, then the following morning we jumped on. So that was a pre-injection F2, which was an Irishman chassis with a um, thousand CC Thunder Ace engine in it. So it was an F2 with an F1 engine, but a carbine. And we were like, yeah, we'll go take it gentle. So we set up a little system. If I tapped him once, it meant I was happy to go faster. If I tapped him twice, it meant take it back a notch. I'm struggling here. It's only my first, it's my first proper time passengering. Yeah. Went round, did the first lap, tapped him. Yeah, we go faster than that. Next lap, tap again. Next lap, tap. Kept tapping until the checker flag came out. Came in and we put it on pole by <laughs> one and a half seconds or something stupid on our first lap. But he was, he was fantastic. He, he was absolutely brilliant. And um, we, it was in a mixed race, though, so obviously we put it on pole for the pre-injection. And you then got all the more modern bikes in front of us. So I think we were about 10th or 11th. But the person, the people next to us were Ben and Tom Birchall. <laughs> <laughs> Legends. Yeah. Because they had been running in an engine in qualifying. <laughs> yeah. You know, they yeah, weren't yeah. going fast. It's not yeah. like we were going that fast. No, Get them on no. the inside on <laughs> yeah. the first corner. <laughs> so they've been running an engine in during practice, ready for the TT. Um, because obviously everyone gets to get their signatures before and yeah so I'm, I'm sat there on the grid lined up Ben and Tom Birchall behind us we get ready the lights are there lights go out he stalls it who does John Shipley no yeah stalled oh, it oh no so all of a sudden I turn yeah I turn around I was like there's 20 sidecars coming at me <laughs> This is how I die. <laughs> and and the, 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 the sidecar itself was because of its age and saving weight, it didn't have a starter motor. Mm. <clears throat> so we waited till all the sidecars, everyone amazingly, and I have no idea how, avoided us. So fair play to all of the people who were in that race. And I jumped out the back, shoved him along, bumped it, jumped back in, and off we went. And then it was like hanging on to a an absolute madman. <laughs> John was a very uh, a smashing block. I love him to absolutely. Still speak to him now. But he was a very passionate and emotional <laughs> chap. So he was absolutely fuming with himself with what he had done. So he took that anger out on the bike, which in turn then meant he took his anger out on me. <laughs> so I was just being launched around the back of the platform. I smashing my ribs and i was in the wrong place but you know eventually i caught you know caught up and stuck with it and we're just overtaking sidecars i remember as we were coming down the hill into cascades the first peak the last people were exiting shallow uh, exiting or going into island bend so the entire straight behind and the top guys in our class were entering the, the uh first chicane yeah first, first chicane yeah. i can't remember his name the first chicane I was like, fuck me, we're never going to get anywhere near the front. But he kept going. I hung on as best as I could. <laughs> I won't say it was the most pristine piece of passenger, and there was a lot of jumping around and desperately trying to make sure I was in the right place at the right time. We were just overtaking people. And we crossed the line, and he's fuming. I can hear him. You know, the bikes are loud. But I could hear him shouting at himself once we crossed the line because they... So you go on the first corner and come back in, and he's shouting. He's like, "For fuck's sake!" I, 
I'm not going to do a scout, uh, a Liverpoolian accent. I wouldn't well. try, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm absolutely <laughs> but he's absolutely fuming, and we pull up. And I was like, no, I think I counted. We were in third place across the line yeah, yeah, yeah. in our class. Like, I think we were in third. And and then they start doing the podium for us. And like, third place wasn't us. Second place wasn't us. First place, it was us. We'd, done yeah. it. we'd, we'd made the overtake on the last corner, apparently. Oh, absolutely no idea. So obviously he's done emotions. He went to absolutely ecstatic. <laughs> so it went from like being really angry and pissed off and, you know, Stomping around to now just jumping around, <laughs> being really elated. Yeah, and yeah, we then did the rest of the season together. Uh, I missed a couple because it clashed with with my British Championship. You know where I was doing doing well, running at the front and having a fantastic time on the solos as well. And um, yeah, we won the championship that year with the pre injection on the sidecars. I won uh, rookie passenger of the year for the FSRA. Nice. And it was absolutely, it was brilliant. And all that time, at the same time, I was having this really good year in stock six. So it's probably one of, one of my favourite years in my, uh, like, circuit racing career. It was just, yeah, it was just really, really good fun. Everything sort of seemed to be going really well. A few big crashes that year, as to be expected, when I'm on a motorcycle. Um, <laughs> you had to drive me home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to drive me home from Morton Park because a bike landed on my head. My oh, own no. bike. Didn't add insult to injury. Yeah. One. Knocked a tooth out as well as many other broken bones. But yeah, we, we were driving along uh, down in Swansea, and uh, we went over the speed bump, and he looked at us, and one of his teeth was missing. <laughs> 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 Which is funny now. <laughs> <laughs> we looked like a pirate. I think we even went out drinking, didn't we? As well, I had one tooth missing. Yeah, nothing. Good. Nothing stops the sesh. It was good luck. <laughs> right, good luck. Good luck. It would have been alright if I'd gone dressed out as a pirate, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, and then um, from in 2018, I moved up to Stock Fowl and still did carry on with the sidecar. So, in both years, we moved up. So, I moved up to Stock Fowl uh, with GNS on the cow on the ZX10, which was fan. Uh, I loved, I loved the big bikes. Big bikes are my thing. There's nothing cooler than having 200 plus horsepower <laughs> under your right wrist, right? With a 200 section rear tire. It's just Absolutely ridiculous, brilliant. it's just yeah. so much power. And then we moved up to the British um, F2 Championship on the model, on the modern bikes. We had an LCR at that point, and we had a good run there. I think we came fourth that year in the um, F2 Cup Championship, which was for the rookies in the in that class on the sidecar. And then uh, I think I got one or two point scoring rides in Stock Foul, which was you know it's a tough class, Stock Foul. Yeah. You know, when there's there's not enough riding super rides and super bikes, so everyone else drops down into to stock foul if you couldn't get that ride or couldn't afford your riding super bikes. Yeah. And yeah, first race was was going fantastically until I sent myself to heaven uh at at Silverstone. I think I started eighteenth. Overtook Michael Rutter going into into a left hander for twelfth, I think. I was I was running really well, running you know, around Silverstone National Circuit. Then it came around Luffield, which is a 180 degree right right hander before you go on to the start finish straight. Yeah, and I f- finally found out. You know, even told me a thousand can bite. I found that out when it just. <laughs> I, I felt it go sideways. I was like, ah, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's then it gripped, 
and I had my first like it felt like and I've seen the photos from it um it's like a 500 cc high side yeah where you get pinged yeah. and it and you end up fully tumb like flipping in the air so there's a photo somewhere and I'm on, on my back in the air upside down then there's another one where my boots are starting to hit the floor and yeah You're not on your feet uh, no Oh right, no. you're not part cat then. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> my legs hit the floor, but the rest of me continued rolling. Right, right, <laughs> right. And yeah, um, yeah, learn, learn how much a thousand hurts at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, learn. Then I sort of took a step back, learned throughout the year, listened to what the team were telling me because again, GNS, Mark and Tom were absolutely fantastic. And by the end of the year, we were running pretty good. And then yeah, COVID hit. Yeah, yeah, and and then. Uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't race in the short season in 2020. Was it 2020? We did the short season. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was a short season. Didn't bother because you know it's a lot of money to spend on not a lot of racing. And I think at the time we were doing our dissertations. Yeah, at, yeah. at uni. So it was a case of let's just put you know while the opportunity's there, we'll put we'll put put that ahead. Then then came 2021. And I didn't enjoy it. I think after the 2020 and having that year off, short circuit racing became a bit dull and boring. I struggled a bit with the bike. I had a, had a crash on a motocross bike um, during training and put a twig through my arm, so I, I lost all the strength in my, my my right arm. Another brush, well, actually with a bush this time rather than a rather tree. Than a tree. <laughs> um, but yeah, impaled myself with a bit of, bit of twig. So I lost all, all all feeling, couldn't get a setup with a bike, didn't enjoy yeah, just had a pretty crappy year. And I was just like, there's only so long that you can go and continue racing bikes. And you know, I was always a massive TT fan and road racing fan. You know, loved watching it. Went over in 2019 and absolutely fell in love with it. After seeing Dean Harrison come through on the first night of practice, just sideways in the gutter. Fuck rocks flying up doing 140 mile an hour past the petrol station then fucking off out of sight and i was just like yeah right that solidified what i want to do i've always watched it on telly and watched the duke videos played all the games i was like if i'm gonna go and i'm gonna go and spend my money and or my parents money and sponsors money (laughs) not my money i was a poor uni student at that point (laughs) i'm a poor working person now (laughs) but um, me too yeah so I was just like, oh yeah, let's let's go road racing. And you know, my parents weren't a massive fan, but my, my dad was like, come on then, let's go do it. If you want to do it and you, you're 100% behind it, we'll go do it. So we bought a Yamaha R6 and decided I'd go and do some of the Irish roads. And no plan to go and do the TT that year. I was going to do it in 2023 was the plan. But I thought I'd send my interest over to the TT team, um, Paul Phillips and the other guys there, that I'd be interested and sort of everything accidentally fell into place. Um, They were starting a, you know, TT takes safety so, so important. Uh, It's right at the top of their agenda. For the racing, it's all about minimising the risk to the riders as much as they can. And um, one of the new things they were trialling that year was a, a simulator. You know, like what you'd have for the cars, yeah. doing them for the bike now, using the moto verse things, or I can't remember what they're called. But... The moto trainers. 
That's the one. That's the one. So they got a guy who is it the bike store? A chap up in Preston. He owns a bike shop. He's got one. He's really I can't remember his name. I feel really bad now because he's an absolute legend and he's going to kill me. (laughs) And they had one then. That's what they were using it for. So basically, how how it worked is had the TT up on screen. You had the bike. You had all the the hydraulics, etc. And Johnny Barton, who's one of the rider liaison officers at the TT, uh, who takes all of the newcomers around and teaches them and helps them and guides you through the event. Absolute top chap. He works alongside Milky Quail. And um, they were like, oh, why don't you come up and have a go? You know, we're just, start- we're just starting this. We need some guinea pigs, basically, to jump on and see how they do it. And I went up and Johnny Barton was like, this is, this is it. Here's a lap. I've jumped on. Obviously, he's done. Oh God, how many laps are on there? Mm. Absolutely, he's been doing it for for quite a while. I'm not going to insult him by his recognition on his age, but he's been doing it for a while. <laughs> very, very experienced chap. Lives on the island, and he set he sets a lap, which is a nice, steady, safe lap. And then you have to basically get on it, ride it like you're riding the the course, and your throttle, brakes, turning, etc., is traced. And they have to match what he's doing to a certain percentage. Obviously, you're never going to get 100%. But, you know, to make sure you're not flying down into a corner and forgetting it's there and not hitting the brakes or turning right when you're supposed to go left. And you had to score 75%. If you scored 75%, you'd be deemed safe enough to run the TT, or that's what they thought would be the plan. And uh, I jumped on, and I've been watching the TT for years. I've been playing the games for years. So I like to think I know the course pretty well from a no bumps, etc. standard, but just riding around it. And I, I think I scored something along the lines of 80, 85, 86%. And they were a bit like, oh, he, he might know a bit more than he, than he thinks. So... They were like, ah, oh, if you can find a ride for the next year, for 22, come and do it. And some, somehow they found me a ride and I got put in touch with the absolute legends that are at TC Racing by DP Coldplaning. Mm. Bloody amazing people. Absolutely fantastic. And they provided me with a, a fantastic base, no pressure, a well-presented and put-out bike in a Honda Fireblade and the new one. And then that was all sort of agreed. So I went out over to Cookstown then on my own R6 and raced at Cookstown and loved it. Absolutely mental. I remember the first time I came in, I said to my dad, I, like, I can't believe this is real. Like, how the uh, fuck are you allowed to go? And this was, this was Cookstown, which is an awesome track, but nothing overly complicated. It was just unbelievable that I was, you know, that morning we'd pulled up to the circuit, driven down that road. They'd gone out with a road sweeper and some brushes, swept off the pig shit, because there's this road around the McAdoo farm. So there's literally pig and cows crossing the roads. You know, they're not exactly clean creatures. So mud on the road. And then they're like, right. Off you go, chaps. We've we've strapped some hay bales to a lamppost. <laughs> Quick as you like. <laughs> right. Go for it. 
and it was just absolutely <clears throat> ridiculous. And I remember being like, you know, scared, but having the absolute whale of a time. But trying to treat it with as much respect as it deserves because it deserves all the respect. Every road race deserves so much respect. One mistake and it, it, it goes so badly wrong. So I did cook down and enjoy myself. And I was like, yeah, we'll go do Tandragi, which I think was two weeks later. And Tandragi, it's not been on for the last, went on last year. I don't think it's on this year again because of some roadworks. I think. Yeah. It, and it, it, you know it's a shame we can't we can't lose any more Mm-mm. road races because they are they're, they're, they're dropping by the side due to the insurance etc problems they're having yeah. over in Ireland and Northern Ireland. But went over to Northern Ireland and went to Tandragee and that was my first taste at what you'd perceive as like the Isle of Man style of road race, fast corners, like and I mean fast corners. There's one corner on the back of it and you nearly flat stick sixth gear in a nice sure. wide stretch of road to be fair but you know you got farms fences houses going past and there's this kink left and you know you go from the right hand side of the road over to the middle where it sort of comes light then as you go over to the right and then back across and there's no curbing it's just you drop off onto grass mm. oh it's phenomenal and there's there's, there's, there's like a, a bomb hole where you have to the road sort of as you come in, it just drops down and then comes back up the other side. And they're like, yeah, don't drop in and ride it. Because you're going that fast, obviously, as you take off. So you have to, like, as you're coming up to it, let off beforehand. And just as you're about to jump, give it a handful so that it then jumps like that. So that you land on the face going up the other side and it go up. Oh, it was absolutely amazing place. You know, and I, I didn't set the world on fire. But I wasn't planning on setting the world on fire. I was going out to give it a go, see how I liked it and see how how enjoyable it was. And yeah, loved it. And then I came to the next race was then the, the peak, the pinnacle, the god. Yeah, the TT. It, it was the Isle of Man TT. And yeah, that one was just... Yeah, right? there, there are no words to describe how good that place was. Good, good's not even the right word. It's uh, it's my favorite race of the year, hands down, bar none. The TT. Oh. It's uh, <clears throat> it's such a magical place. The whole or nineteen oh seven, all the history. It's it's uh, nothing like it. I mean, I I, I get goosebumps just talking about. It. I can't wait till the TT comes on this year. Oh, it's man. it's I'm glued for two weeks to the TT. Oh, I'll be yeah, at man. work, earbuds in, TT yeah. app on. Yeah, Listen, now they've got TT plus. It just makes it you can yeah. you can you can watch it everywhere. Yeah. And I'm just saying, I, I have to hand it to the TT organizers, promoters, and everyone who's who's there. They are making this event even bigger, even better, and working on their safety for the riders. You know, the speed's only ever going to go up with with the bikes that they've got now, and the rider caliber of rider that you've got at the front of the TT now. But they're doing everything they can to make it the best show, the the best sport, and looking after the riders. So, yeah, that. The TT is just such a special event. It is. But we can talk about that in a bit more. Yeah. Let's uh let's let's talk about you, Joseph. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe, let's, let's hear your story. But Joe, hang on one second. We actually got a couple comments. So and one of those is from Joe Sheldon Shaw. Mate, what is <laughs> up? Yeah, he says, Meat Loaf and the fellow Joe. What a show this will be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hello, awesome. Sheldon Shaw, if you're watching. 
Yeah. Oh, we got guys. Hey, guys. Awesome. How are we doing, everyone? And then uh, Martin Adams. What is going on? Martin Adams, he is uh, he's the clothing king. So he's the one that makes all my merch, Luke Hedger's oh, merch, okay. everybody's yeah. merch. So he's watching. So what's going on? He said, these two are brilliant, right, with a bunch of laughing. Absolutely, they are. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, that's awesome. Let's see what else we got. We got um, Sean Wayne. Let me pull up his. He was, you guys were, he was talking about it. Feels so fast to be so close to the moon. Tarmac, it's mental. All you are unsung heroes are legends. I, I guess he was referring to that crash you had, the high side going to the moon, right? <laughs> That's good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um, and then he says, I remember Cro you at Crookstown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Crookstown. Yeah. What a place. Yeah. Dude, that's it is. It is. Um, yeah. And then we got Jason Doss. Chris, what's the name of the meal kits with the liquid iv oh jason you uh, chef eats uh you need to hit up chef eats so we a uh, jeff serving out here in america right uh he makes these like pre-prep meals uh so listen you get in there dude he can can take can, can can uh cater to what whatever you need right he's high protein uh no carbs all these meals right they come pre-packaged you throw them in the microwave for three minutes and 30 seconds and it's like a super super health, healthy meal right um so that's out here in america what he does is is he gets a lot of riders on sponsor boards right so they'll take them to the racetrack bring a little microwave and then you're fed all weekend right you don't have to worry about cooking or anything easy and convenient but that's what he's talking about um but yeah joe dude what a story milo first of all that's yeah, like yeah so bro. I, I, I go on a bit, so I do apologize. <laughs> no, no, it's perfect, bro. You guys who are asleep, you can wake up now. Yeah, no, it's fading after this. I promise. <laughs> no, that was really good. You know, it, it's uh, if I mean, we're going to be on here a few times, so we won't have to hear our uh, stories yeah. next time. <laughs> it's oh, all no, good. What about all the tattoos I've got in there? <laughs> right, right. And I remember this time. Yeah, it's good, dude. Yeah, we'll definitely do it. I, I, um, let's see. Uh, Sean Wayne, he also says, great having these lads on here tonight. Great hearing these two boys on here. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, these are Thank you. proper legends right here for sure. Absolutely. So, yeah, Joe. Yeah, so, I mean, mine. Um, my dad basically got me into racing unintentionally. He um, regrets it ever since. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, he he spent pretty much his entire childhood and everything up till about the age of 34, 33, um, just wanting to be a TT racer. Um, so that, you know, from the, the second I saw a bike, I thought, well, he's doing it. Why don't I do it? Um, and that that's where it kicked off in about 2005, where... We got a couple of mini motors for me and my sisters, and we literally just went down to this car park down where my dad was working, and uh, and started riding around really slowly, just sort of like, oh yeah, this is a good bit of fun. That's but what he did your whole career. Yeah, it didn't go much quicker actually. <laughs> <laughs> he crashed less than me though. And uh, then, um, and then it slowly caught a bit of traction. We started doing these sort of twisty sprints, which like time trials. Um, and we got slightly quicker bikes, and then we went and did our first sort of British mini motor race. Um, and I remember I had, a, I had a chest infection. I was like Casey Stone. I was throwing up in my helmet. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is awful. Is this what every race means? Like, this is horrendous. I feel awful. This is, I, who does this for fun? <laughs> and then uh, I remember the clocks changed that day. That uh, was like the Sunday of the racing. 
And I'd been racing around a little bit, but, you know, I, I sort of didn't really enjoy the weekend. But we had another hour to get to the track. And I only lived 12 minutes from the track we were going to. And my mum came in and she said, you know, do you want to just give it another go? You might enjoy it, you know, not realising how dangerous those words are going to be like 18 years later. <laughs> and I said, oh, go on, then I'll, I'll try. You know, I'll just give it a go. And then from there, we just we just didn't stop. You know, we went we went mini motos and then fifties, uh, mini GP fifties, mini GP seventies. I was like a year behind you. Year behind, but it, it was in the mini motos when you were in mini motos and I had sort of moved up to gearbox. Yeah, like, yeah. So we first met. So that would have been oh, 2007, 2007, something like so that. Yeah. Times when we met. So then hated him ever since. We. <laughs> <laughs> so we so we bought this like um, Aprilia AM six fifty. And we were like, oh, you know, it, it should be a bit of fun and it'll be all right. And it was it was a tidy bike and we really enjoyed riding it. And we moved up to the 70s then where well, I got. I, I'm, I'm going to interject here because <laughs> at this at this point in time, the AM6 50cc metric kit was three generations old. Right? It was a pile of shit in comparison <laughs> to the rest of the bikes. Right? So well, it's... this this fucking nutcase right, in his tatty leathers and his shitty little helmet. Used to go and be running at the front in the 50s, scraping the belly pan, scraping his foot pegs, trying so hard on this little thing, and he was fast as fuck on it. He, I, th I think it's because there's fuck all in his head. Yeah, well, yeah. But at the time, it was absolutely. I'm, it I remember, saves weight. <laughs> remember, right? Remember, it saves weight. I remember sat there at the side. So I was in the class above in the 70s, and me and my dad were sat watching at Wooten Mill, and you came past, what? Well, what would be? I think it's called. Is it called the the, the hammerhead or the boot? A Wilton, the, a Wilton, the, the boot. boot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you came through, and you were coming through the last corner. You had the belly pan scraping the floor, exhaust scraping the floor, and you had obviously it was the old bikes had the old fairing, so it was obvious that you were on a much older bike yeah. in comparison to everyone else. But it was quite. But there you were running. I'm sure you were top three. You might even have been leading it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then yeah. my dad's going. He's quick, him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my, my dad is a lovely bloke, but he don't say a huge you amount. You don't say he's a man of few words. <laughs> so that, that was basically saying, he could be Rossi. Yeah. <laughs> but now, the thing is, we went, we went from the 50 that, you know, it wasn't the quickest bike. We enjoyed riding it. We, we had a really good time. And I, I loved that bike. It was really fun. And then we got one of the modern 70s. So the modern 70s. And then he was slow as fuck. Yeah, just relied on the power, really. It was like riding a superbike. <laughs> the modern 70 compared to the older 50, I remember I went to, um, we went, used to go to Kingsham, which is Chaz Davis's like parents' house. And I went out of pit lane, dropped the clutch, and it wheelied. And I was like, I've never rode a bike that could do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got, I got, we got fourth in British Championship. And then because my dad was racing sidecars, we were like, well, we'll just go along to the same races as he, as he does. So, we, we packed all the bikes in the back of a sprinter, the sidecars, all the, you know, everything we could. And um, in our first year, we met somebody who saw saw me at Pembrey, a Welsh track. And he said, you know, do you want to come and ride my bike at British? So quite sort of a different path to a lot of people taking. Somebody had quite nicely offered. I still stand by the fact that, you know, if you go to a slow sort of uh, a lower league club race, you're going to look quick. So it's all worked out. Um, but we started riding in British then on the one, two fives. 
Had some good finishes, struggled a little bit here and there. That's when we started battling. Yeah, and then me and, my, me and Milo were sort of, we were in the same class then. There's some cool photos of us racing together and stuff. But I always won the battles. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I mean, if you stayed on. Um, <laughs> and then... It's funny because it hurts. Yeah, well, it, it happens. <laughs> but then I started three years in the, the two-stroke one-two-fives, and then I pulled away from it halfway through the 2014 season. And at the start of 2015, I didn't really have much intentions of racing um, because I didn't know what we were going to do. But the Moto3 class was starting up or, or getting a bit more sort of attention. And... There's more bikes, weren't there? Yeah. The problem was when 125s in 2013, you, they allowed... Well, no, 2012 was the first year they allowed yeah. Moto3s. There's only like one or two. And they sort, they sort of crossed over and then the Moto3s became the predominant class. Yeah, but the, the, the first ones that came in would... They were just, just they were yeah. so expensive. Yeah, yeah. It, it was out of the price range, you know. Like my GP one two five, I think cost seven grand. Yeah, and they were coming. Whereas in they were coming in, no, they were coming in at twenty two, twenty five grand, something like that. Yeah. This was when they were brand new. Even in GPs, yeah, they were brand yeah, new. Yeah, but the yeah. original NSF fifty. Now they've come down a bit. But yeah, of course. Yeah, and then, yeah. then the KTM started coming out, and yeah, yeah. they were they were big bucks. Yeah, and, they, and yeah, it was. So it you was, have you, it have, was, you have to go to them if you want. I'd to like be fast. to say. I'd like to say it was a money game, but the likes of um, Tom Amos, I think somebody else. Josh Owens was the last jo one, two, five. No, no, no. I'm on about the Moto 3s. Oh, yeah. The standard Moto 3s. Amos put it on pole at Walton Park on a standard Moto 3 Honda against a bunch of KTMs. So they were capable, but everybody got into their heads that you just couldn't do it unless you had a KTM. So, I mean, I being one of them, you know, the 2015 year, we had some really good finishes. Um, but other times, you know, it sort of, it didn't quite, I didn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to. So after that, took sort of a step back, did a lot of club racing. And then after we sort of concentrated on my uni degree quite a lot, um, we did a bit of more club racing. And then a fellow called David Darby came to me and unbelievably generously said, listen, I've got a bike here. I want you to ride it. Um do you fancy coming along? So this was 2020, March, the like early March. And we go along to this club race and I said, I can't make the Friday because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm we're doing uni work or something. And we rock up and I got on this bike and it felt like an old pair of shoes that just absolutely fit my entire life. And it was a lovely bike to ride and I really enjoyed it. And we, we got, well, we won all the senior races and then got a couple of podiums in the sort of overall. And it was a nice place to be riding with Bemsey and the, the, the bike was really nice to ride. And, and the, the guy that owned the bike, although he was the most passionate man in the world, he just did not care if I was winning or losing. He wanted me to do well, but he didn't care if I did or didn't. He just wanted to be at a racetrack and, and watch, you know, his bikes go around, which was really good. And it, it made for a really healthy sort of environment to be around. Um, and then we thought, oh, should we do a, should we do a wild card and British? Oh, yeah, it's a great idea. You know, why not? We'll have a bit of fun. So we, we rock up and on the Saturday, I think I qualified 15th. And on the Saturday, we, we ended up 12th and we were buzzing. We were so happy. We were like 12th. We got hammered on the Saturday night on double pints 
because we were so happy that we'd scored points. We're like, this is the best day ever. And to be to, to be to be clear, he was the only one in the class who could legally drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was quite again the class, but I was allowed in it because I was like at the peak age. So I was like, I don't care. I'm the heaviest in the class. I'm going to continue being that way by drinking all that. The rest of the right. Were at half six, and yeah, yeah. read a book, bedtime book. Yeah. <laughs> He's so, out game. So, so the next day we were like, oh, buzzing. We got 12th yesterday. We're hungover and we weren't going out until five in the evening. So we, we had loads of time to sort of sort the bikes out, get over the hangover, maybe have a big breakfast or two. Um, and then we went out for the race and we were sorting out the wets because there was sort of reports saying, oh, yeah, there's some bad weather coming in. And we were the last race of the day. We sat on the grid and it just started spitting. And we were like, right, go get the wets just in case. And it started really coming down. So we changed to the wets, went round for the second lot of sighting laps, then went around for the warm-up laps. And like four people fell off on the warm-up laps. So it's been dry, sunny all weekend. And then suddenly it just absolutely hells it down. So I'm sat there. I'm thinking, okay, whatever. You know, let's just get out. Let's, you know, just keep a good pace and crack on. Big news and little news, it's like three laps till the end and I'm leading it <laughs> from 12. And I'm sat there thinking, I'm on TV at the moment. I'm leading this race. I've never led a British race before. I have no idea what to do. So I just thought, just act like it's a club race. So I, I just, I spun laps and I just carried on doing whatever I could. I mean, prior to that, there was people falling off everywhere, but I caught up with the leading group. I was like six ahead of, it, ahead of me. I got best lap of the race and I came over the line. I was, it was just honestly one of the best days of racing I've ever had. Um, and then uh, we did a couple more wild cards after that. They went pretty okay. We got like maybe, maybe top 10 and a couple of top 15s. And then the next year in 2021, we did the whole season and ended up sixth in the championship. Um, had some really, really enjoyable races and then sort of just came to the end of it. And I was quite content with the fact that I was like, well, I enjoyed that, but I'm sort of going to step away now. Um, and then after working a little bit and working for a couple of teams, um, me and Milo had obviously all, always talked about being sidecar racers um, because we'd I'd watched my dad do it for so long. He's done 12, 13 TTs, a couple of Manx GPs. He's done the electric TT. Um, so, you know, watching him sidecar passenger, my mum sidecar passenger, both my sister sisters sidecar passenger, Milo had then been sidecar passenger. So I was like, well, I've got to give it a go. Right. Um, so we got really lucky. Yes. So it was, it was, so obviously, we sort of touched on it a few times. We went, we both went to you, which I say, we went to uni together. Uh, we did motorcycle engineering, both of us at University of Wales, Trinity St. David. And we both did our masters there as well. Uh, you did yours in motorcycle, I did mine in auto automotive. Yeah, yeah. And when it came to our master's dissertation, I was struggling for ideas for mine. And I was like, what do I like? Because one of the master's dishes, you have to move the research forward in that field. And I was like, I like sidecars. And there's not a lot of published data regarding the dynamics of a sidecar because they're they're just a bit different yeah you yeah, know they're not a car they're not they're not a bike they right. handle they handle very differently um so i sort of suggested to my lecturer i'd like to do it on sidecars but i can't get hold of a sidecar and he went 
okay, maybe we could buy one. The uni, like maybe we could buy one and we could use it for other projects. And you know, maybe you could do a bit of racing on it and big up the uni. And I was like, great idea. Here's a link. <laughs> <laughs> Already got a plan. Here it is, baby. <laughs> Love it. Like, right, I need you to do a little presentation. I need to send it to the higher ups. You know, why is it going to be good for you? And why is it going to be good for the uni? So, you know, I, I put something together, sent it across. And my lecturer, Dr. Owen Williams, is a fantastic bloke. He loves his bikes. He yeah. loves his racing. And he's stupidly clever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So he understands how a motorbike works better than I think oh, everyone wow. else on this planet. Yeah, <laughs> excuse me. And uh, he, he got the go ahead somehow. He got the go ahead. And you know, I, I contacted these guys and said, Yeah, we'd like to buy your sidecar. I was like, Can you deliver it? And they were like, If you pay the right amount, hi, uni. Yeah, I need this amount of money, please. Yeah, okay, I'll send you the bank details. <laughs> Going down. Yeah, we'll have it. Drop it off Saturday. Had the money transferred over to them. Came into uni on the Saturday, and they'd driven from quite a fair whack away. I think it was Lee and Scott Edwards who were moving on to an LCR, and they were selling a BMR. Um, they dropped it off for us, and, you know, at that point, I then started, you know, stripping it and taking weights and blah, 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 going towards my uni disc, and... The be all and end all of that is I'd somehow managed to make it that I'd simulated how the sidecar would work and played it on a basically I had an R Factor video game that sort of I put the handling dynamics model into that which then had data acquisition so it shows suspension trace and how things were moving I then had that data in a virtual world so like, well, I've got to get it in a physical world now, uni, to be able to prove what I'm saying. If I can't back it up, then it can't be true. And I happen to pick this track, Cadwell, to do my <laughs> dissertation on. And there's a race meeting at Cadwell in like six weeks' time. Do you think I can borrow the sidecar to go and do that? Yeah. And there was only one man for the job who could go on the side. <laughs> and it was this poor fucker. <laughs> so... I put a load of data logging on the sidecar and we split the entries and the fuel and etc. And we borrowed a trailer from uni, loaded it up, jumped in my I jumped in my van, you jumped in your van with a few really good guys from uni who said, Yeah, we'll come and help you out. This sounds like a good laugh. Um we jumped in, drove from Swansea to Cadwell, which was like a six and a half, seven hour journey. With that trailer, with I a trailer, it probably took seven and a half. It, it, it took nearly the entire day, which for the UK was a very long drive. Yeah, yeah, that was. Um, we, we had the. <clears throat> we nearly considered just stopping overnight. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we, we, long, fellas. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven whole hours. Yeah. I, could, I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I had to stop four times for the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> nuts. <laughs> and yeah, uh, we we got to Cadwell. We had a, uh, my, my my dad had led us some of our old racing stuff, so we had the all in. And but it was basically five. Was it five of us? Me, you, Dan, Ainsley. No, that was all. That was it. So it was yeah. four of us. Yeah. And then we had we had my dad and his camp opposite. opposite. And so for every time everything went anything went too badly wrong, we saw that we need a spare set of hands, you know. <laughs> so yeah, we just rocked up with absolutely no real idea 
now we've actually started stripping the psych out and learning a yeah, bit more. Yeah. There's so many things that we did wrong. But through, <laughs> through that weekend, we blew up an engine. But, yeah, we've got to get to that story. <laughs> Don't rush ahead. We're already at the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Don't rush ahead. You've got to fill it out. Make it look like we're good. Yeah, you know, why did we blow the engine up? It's passenger's fault. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, well, so we did the whole day Friday. So the whole practice session on yeah. Friday. Or, or, or practice day, and there was six sessions, I think. We did every single session. Oh, you were bloody quick as well. So, <laughs> first <laughs> session, right? I never drove, never drove, driven a sidecar before. I'd only ever been a passenger. First time I actually got behind the handlebars and it moved was to take it to noise testing. So we went down to noise testing. It passed. Excellent. First session where we head out on track. I'm like, Joe, I'm going to go slowly. I'm going to learn it and build my way in because, you know, gears are on the right-hand side. Brakes are all done by your left foot, and you actually have to turn the handlebars. It's not like riding no, a yeah, normal yeah, bike. No, no. It's not counter-steering, you know. No, and it's so much wider. Yeah, yeah. Which you've found out quite a few times. Yeah, I was on the side <laughs> the entire time, so yeah. and, <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to go really slowly, and we're going to go out, and we're just, I'm going to go learn. And I went out, and, you know, I was shifting gear at sort of, 8,000 RPM and just getting used to it. And I come in, he gets off sprightly as anything. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Right. They could have timed us with a calendar. <laughs> Honest to God, I aged three years between us going out and coming back in for the first lap. <laughs> in a 20 minute session. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and I come in and he's all like, fuck me, you're going slow. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah, give me the big guy. guy. Um... <laughs> so I thought, I went, all right, come on then, next session. I've learned a bit. We'll go out again. Bearing in mind, I I've I've never raced the thousands. My the, the quickest thing I ever raced was the Motor Three around the track. You know, I, I love the small bikes. Yeah, and I was hundred six hundred though. Yeah, but not that sort of you know on the back. Not on the as back, intense as Cadwell. No, and, Cadwell's and, intense. And the six hundreds, they 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 do pick up really well. But that thousand, and I've never been on the back of anything that I had to hold on to that was that quick. Right. So he. So we go out, and I'm thinking, all right, you know, another business as usual at this point, isn't it? You know, what's the hard part? You know, it was that shit in the first session. She's going to be shit in the second. Yeah, yeah, I'll just jog behind you, mate. Don't worry about it. Yeah, first lap, I went 12 seconds faster than we'd done in the first session at all. You honestly, he tapped out after three. Laps. So, so we're going down the back straight now. With us, with a, no, I'm not a very experienced sidecar passenger, but I know down the straight, you you, you want to use your arms as little as possible. So even on the corners, you want to get into a position where you are comfortable, where if you're using your hands as little as possible, you're probably doing it in a reasonably okay manner. So the idea is to cram yourself in and, and squeeze to the side arches so that when he accelerates, you're stuck there. You're not moving at all. And I hadn't done anything towards that to prepare myself for our second session. So we come out of barn corner and he opens it up and I'm thinking, oh, you'll probably change soon. And it just keeps going. And I'm just like, I'm going to fall off. So I'm holding on. So my arms pump up in no time whatsoever. And I'm like, stop. Just stop the bike. <laughs> he shut up after that. Yeah, I didn't say anything about how quick he was going then. <laughs> he piped right down. Yeah. but so, uh... yeah, Then we had, a, then, then, then we sort of found our flow. Yeah, yeah, no, no. We, we, we you, got into you, it a lot better then. You know, you, you knew what I was going to do. I think because, you know, we'd both done a lot of solo riding and especially together we spent at this point now most of our lives yeah. knowing each other and yeah. hanging out with each other that 
if I was going to overtake someone, because that's the thing inside, Cuz, if you're doing the same thing every lap, it's not too much of a problem. You know, yeah, to go left yeah. here, right here, this is what you do. When you start to overtake people, it becomes a little bit more difficult because I might need you to go more left or more right or get ready to swap and change. And that's what, as a passenger, you've got to, you've got to be prepared for. But in our heads, or I think, and you might tell me I'm a fucking idiot here, but Joe was quite, a, I crashed a bit more, but we were quite similar riders in terms of our aggression. Yeah. We were both yeah. fairly aggressive riders. We were quite similar. And but also quite corner speed riders. Yeah. We both yeah. like to, to flow. So his lines on a solo would be very similar to my lines on a solo. And if I was going to go for an overtake, chances are Joe would have gone for the same overtake. Because I remember, you know, we used to smash fairings with each other, yeah. especially Atten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we literally bang off the side of each other. So if he's willing to do that, and I was willing to do that on a sidecar, he's probably thinking, I'd go for a move here. Yeah, and I'm yeah. thinking. I'd go for a move here. Yeah. So he's already prepared for when I'm going for that move, which is so crucial having that uh, yeah, that, that, that connection. connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So by the time we're getting into the fourth, fifth and sixth session of the day. Yeah, we're in a good sync. We're, we're in a really yeah. good flow. And then we went out for qualifying. And I think we qualified fifth. Yeah. In nice. the F1s, which was fantastic. We were... We're we're buzzing. Buzzing. We, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we just didn't want to come last. Yeah, yeah. That was sort of a plan was don't come last and we, we, we're doing all right. Um, yeah. You know, don't break the bike because I want to get my data. Right. But then we were less bothered about that because we'd done the whole day's practice. So I yeah, had we, some we, data yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of secure. According to the uni, the main objective was found. Yeah. But yeah, we so wanted to go racing. The so the data <laughs> wasn't yeah. that important after that. <laughs> and um, yeah, then on the first race on the Saturday, we went out and shift. We, we set off on the line. I think we were running about fourth. Front guys were, were in front of us, obviously. Shock horror. <laughs> the people in front were in front. Who'd have thought? <laughs> we weren't far behind them. We were sort of tailing, and we were, I, I was learning a massive amount as a yeah. driver. And I think it was a third lap. Came onto the back straight at Cadwell, revving it up through the box, shifted a gear, and then I heard dunk yeah and i was like that's not good <laughs> and I, I was like oh i've got no power so i you know clutched it because two stroke habits yeah <laughs> clutched it you definitely saved the engine <laughs> yeah <laughs> pulled over to the side and we looked back or well, i pulled over to the side and cut on straight so the edges are like this so we were yeah. sort of going up on the banking <laughs> like this and uh got off and i just looked back and just seen this pull of oil <laughs> At the, at the back straight so we became real sidecar drivers yeah yeah dumping oil on the track for the solos yeah. but we, we had a really good time we, we got the bike built up again and we we, we got to the next race well, we, we, and... we, we looked at it and uh looked at the engine and the comrade had departed through the front and the back of yeah the like, it wasn't <laughs> yeah. just a little blow up yeah I mean, it, it was a massive blow up yeah, yeah, yeah. It, the, yeah the comrades good. fully departed it was yeah. gone um yeah, then we spent we missed the next race because we were stripping yeah, uh, stripping yeah. this sidecar down. Luckily, when we bought the, the the bike through uni, it it came with a spare engine, so bolted that bad boy in. Yeah, didn't think it was going to start, so we went and got pissed up. <laughs> and the next morning, it started. We're still pissed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it was it was one of those like, oh no, we've got to go ride motorbikes now. Yeah, covered paracetamol. <laughs> yeah, right. Sober up real quick. Yeah, 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 it yeah. does when you go back out on track. 
Yeah, and yeah, it was overall, it was fantastic. It was, we had such a good time, and that and that's what's inspired this season because obviously, yeah. you know, we we had such a good time doing it mm. that, that it came because we worked together. Obviously, we just sort of thought, well, you know, if we don't do it now, um, when can we do it? And and we got such a great opportunity from the university because they get obviously a good budget for electric vehicles and and other sort of usages. Um, and they said, well, we're running out of space. So do you want to use the bike on behalf of the university for, you know, a season, two seasons? Um, and then, and then you know, you can gather some data, do some research, take some of the uni students along. Yeah, come and join. They're, yeah. they're, they're going to come and join us, some of the students, so we can show them. You know, the, the thing with sidecars is a lot of the engineering you can still do yourself. Yeah. We're both design engineers. Yeah. And that's, our, that's our job. That's what we do. We design motorcycles. And nice. You know, sidecars. You know, with a, with a, if you get a stock file, there's not much you can do. You can't yeah. rock up and go. I built a new frame for my Honda because if you did that, you wouldn't be allowed in stock file. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'd, have, you'd have to go to MotoGP, and yeah, I have right. got, you know twenty five million pound budget to go race in MotoGP. Sidecars is one of the last places where you can do that sort of stuff yeah, yourself yeah. and still do well. And yeah, yeah and yeah. Well, hopefully, we'll... yeah, we'll, we'll find that out soon. Yeah, <laughs> um, so. You know, we enjoy that side so that we can hopefully bring some students in and teach them a bit about sidecars and dynamics and maybe try some different ideas and bits and pieces out on the bike, see if we can make any difference to allow us to go faster and perform as well as we can. Yeah. We, we, we're going in very open-minded um, with no idea how we're going to get on. Hopefully not last. Nah, we won't be last. Second to last will be fine. Last, Maybe. Last is <laughs> there's, there's a fine line. <laughs> there's yes. a fine line between dead last and last. Yeah. Yeah. That's the uh, that's the story so far. So yeah, that's where we, that's where we're going to be. Well, we'll say story so far. We're how far? We're, we're a month less than a month. No, just over a month away. Yeah. And we currently have a sidecar in fair few pieces good, good hundred <laughs> or so bits yeah we probably should be working on it right now yeah probably. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome but but listen you it's an honor to have you two here instead of working on that sidecar right now right yeah to tell, yeah, to tell the story but fun. joe uh uh mimi uh mimi woodhouse actually said the best race ever was joe winning in the rain back in august of 2020 yeah that's my auntie mimi she's uh she's one of my biggest fans all my family or you know they always support me and they really uh they, they love watching it they uh they're always you know sort of texting me ringing me after the races and you know they're, they're always uh always got my back <laughs> that's that was, good that was what he, he said about earlier yeah that was the wild card so that was okay the, uh, yeah that was the wild story. card yeah and then we got andrea croft uh, says if Joe and Milo gel as well on the outfit <laughs> as they have as friends, they should be winning everything. Well done, boys. Looking forward to racing with you this year. P.S. They could really do with a sponsor. We could, Andrea. Yeah, we could. <laughs> we could do with so much sponsorship. That's my mum. She's uh, she's she is the best. Hello, mom. Sponsor, supporter, manager. We love you, Andrea. Everything since absolutely. Uh, since I can tell you, like, boom, there it is. Yeah. You like yeah. that? Huh? You like how the hearts pop up? Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think it works if you guys do a heart emoji. I, th I think it works on on your guys's too, which is kind of cool. <laughs> no, no, no? We're, we're not. We're, 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 we're central. <laughs> oh, dude, that's good. So, uh. I don't want to murder her name. No, it's Susie. That's my sister. That's okay. My sister. 
Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to do it. I'm sorry, Susie. Yeah. Thank, thank you to all, all, all of Joe's family for the support. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're the leader of the fan club. Oh, there's Sean. Sean. Yep. Sean. And there's Sean. Have a fantastic dude. Sean's thank awesome. You, Sean. Thank yeah. you, Sean. Good stuff. Man, dude, that story, that's your guys' story is awesome. It's uh Listen, sidecar racing, we had this conversation. It's mental. You know, those guys, uh, you lads are proper legends, both of you. Um, it, the, the way you guys got into the sport, right, is is mega. And your guys' friendship, right? So how did you and Milo, when did y'all initially meet? As, when y'all little kids? I'm, I'm not sure. I, I don't know what the exact date. It was no, somewhere in 2007. Yeah. Okay. I remember well, well, let's, let's be fair. We weren't exactly like hanging out with each other what that sort of came once we went no i say hanging out we weren't going to each other's houses because no, like yeah, yeah, we, we live four hours apart yeah, yeah so it was only on you know with, with racing you always end up with spe- i think there's special friends but milo, milo called me up so i i went to our university when i was about 15 for an open day with my dad and it, it, I was like, oh, this is amazing. And I, I sort of lost the interest in engineering. I was like, I don't really enjoy that much. And it's well, not really well, good thing. When we were racing 125s at BSB, that's yeah. when we sort of got really close mates. And there's a good group of us, a chap called Taz. Yeah, Joe right. Sheldon. Joe Sheldon sure yeah, yeah. earlier. Um, so we, we all sort of got really quite close together. And um, yeah, basically, it was. I, I was. The, the Swansea Uni is South, South Wales. Joe's from. Pencoid. Pencoid, yeah, but about 25 minutes from the uni. So um I, I'd booked in for an open day and booked two tickets. Um just in case my parents wanted to come. They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want to drive four hours to go look at a uni. I don't blame them. <laughs> no, they weren't going, <laughs> would they? <laughs> and um so I uh I rang Joe up and I was like, mate, I'm gonna come down to this uni open day. I've got a spare ticket. You can come along and we'll meet up the night. We met up the, I was like, we, we can catch up the night. Yeah, before. We'll, we'll, we'll have a meal and go to the cinema. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I then shot down to Joe's. We went out for a meal, went to the cinema, and he was like, yeah, I, I will come actually. And yeah, well, it was, I was quite fortunate because I was working as a, as a sales, um, a salesman for a Honda and Suzuki dealership at the time who was sponsoring me in 2015. There, there was, th- um, they're now, uh, they're called Thunder Road, but they're uh, completely motorbikes who sponsor FS3. Um, and they uh, they said, okay, you can have the, the Saturday off. So Milo comes down, we go for a you know a bit of a chill meal and stuff. We were only seven, I was 17 at the time, and you were 18, because okay. it was in February. Uh, I wasn't even driving at the time. And then well, I was only 17 then. All right, so we were both like 17 years old. So, so we, what, we, we went out for a meal and we had Coke. Yeah, <laughs> like we, we weren't able to. to, to have I'd, I'd love to say there was we no pint had. We didn't. <laughs> we had a nice, a nice fruit shoot and went to bed yeah. at half night. <laughs> late night. <laughs> and then, and then we went to this open day, and obviously Milo was thinking about going anyway. And we met a fellow called Andrew Harrison, who we now, you know, the he, might, and... he might not like this, but I consider him a friend. Um, but <laughs> he he became sort of somebody I, I had a connection with to getting into the uni. So, yeah, um, so we, we looked around and we both sort of went, this is really, really cool. Yeah. And you were like, do you think I can come here? Because obviously you didn't, you left college and yeah, gone yeah. straight into a job and everything. Yeah. And you were like, oh, do you think I could do this? You know, he's obviously really into his bikes and you know how bloody bike works. Yeah. Spoke to Andrew Harrison. He's like, yeah, yeah. We, we can allow that. You have to do 
and and this other year that yeah, yeah. brings you up to speed to then continue on with the rest of your degree to obviously get an engineering standard. But, but but big news and little news. I got in. Milo got. Well, you were inevitably going to get in, and uh, and we we lived together in a in a room no bigger in... than most garages or smaller than most garages. So yeah, we obviously got very close very fast. <laughs> 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 when you have to share a room with someone yeah and just to put it into context it had the shower and the shitter in this room <laughs> there was a door and it was frosted glass yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was it you can see everything. <laughs> see everything you don't know how many times i'd be in bed because my bed looked at the door as well because Joe got the door, the, the, the bed without the door for the shower and the window and the window yeah, you, yeah. You, you you nailed that but, uh, race me up the stairs faster yeah. but we had we had a fantastic time living there we had so much fun yeah, and we fantastic. just um you know it, it was it was like when you say you're gonna live with your best mate it was exactly like that we just had so much fun and that that was five years you know or four and a half years we spent living together and we, um, we, we played so much playstation so much playstation uh, and an unhealthy amount of rides too yes yeah, so uh, <laughs> Rod 2 was the the game back in the day yeah, oh, it, it was, was fantastic it so was fantastic with, with, with ride 2 so joe had the playstation uh, i didn't i didn't have anything and so for my birthday joe bought himself ride 2 <laughs> <laughs> and when i bought you this but it's on my playstation <laughs> Well, to be fair, in fact, we got the use. We got the use that. We got the disco. We used to play yeah. so much. No, we had we had a good time. We had a really good time. Yeah, yeah awesome. we occasionally went to lectures and we graduated with our degrees yeah. and masters. Yeah, and yeah. And we uh, then we actually went off into separate areas for a little bit. Yeah, it was bliss, best time of my life. Yeah, yeah. No, Joe, and that's where we peaked. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then and then we ended up working in the same place. Again. Yeah, and now we work about 12, 15 meters away. Yeah, something along those lines. I can throw stuff at you. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Hide you he said I could throw stuff at you. <laughs> That's good. So Darren, let's see, Darren Ward. He yeah, says, good luck, boys. Looking dad. forward to you two clowns going racing on the sidecars. That's my father. That's, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's you, that, you, that was you right there in the picture, right? Yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darren Ward, what is going on, Darren? It's an honor to have your son on here, too, by the way, for real. Milo and Joe are absolute it's, legends. It's all down to him anyway that I'm still here. <laughs> I'm racing. That's awesome. So uh, I want to ask you guys a question. What was it like riding a sidecar at Cadwell Park? Because that place is just <laughs> mental, right? What, what, what was it like for you? Because <laughs> You saw most of the brass. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. There were one or two occasions. I think Milo forgot he was on a sidecar, and I got to do a bit of gardening and, you know, to sort of you know get to know the soil really well and cutting <laughs> the grass yeah yeah but the, the bit with the sidecar is you know I, i'm i'm here dude you've done it now you've driven it's horrible and Terrible. you're there really you're there like that and you're so used to you know white line to white line when you're going round corners on a solo so you're you trying to me for approval when i was on the side literally was, picking up flowers so, so on the sidecar if if it was a right hander and i was on the white line on entry that meant Joe was free foot in the grass. <laughs> and on exit, if I was running the rumble strip and I could feel it happening on my side, and I could yeah. see the curve underneath my steering. Yeah. Yeah, I meant Joe was very much on the grass. But it, it was it, weirdly, I mean, you've you've been to Cadwell. You know it's 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 about as thick as a Rizzler. Yeah. And 
all the way through it is just turn, 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 turn. I don't know what it, I can't imagine what it's like on a superbike or a stock thou, but it's quite hectic on a stock thou. Yeah, it's it's great the, fun though. Yeah, yeah. And from the sidecar's point of view, the hardest bits were actually the sort of as you're going down the straight into corners because the rest of it just throws you from side to side. So you don't actually have to use a huge amount of muscle. You just have to rely on the bike moving you around. Um, so it looks like it would be unbelievably difficult, but all you've got to do is sort of straight leg it and let the bike just take you over. Um, as so long as you lock yourself in. And, and yeah, yeah, as a driver, it's not too bad as long as you take into account how narrow it, the, the, the track was, especially when it comes to overtaking. <laughs> um, you know, it's tight when you're overtaking a, so, a solos on there, let alone when you... Uh, I was going to say, a, a sidecar is as wide as the course. Yeah, yeah. And I remember yeah. on on because we didn't um, finish a race on the on the Saturday when we were there. The Sunday we started from the back of the grid. It was wet, wasn't and it? it had rained, so it was the first time racing in the wet on a sidecar. And we were starting from from dead last. I think we were like thirty second. Or... That was a novel experience for me because every time I'd started from the back in the past, I'd been the one that was like, right, head down, ass up. You know, we got to make up positions. I'd never let somebody else do that for me. So when he dropped the clutch, I thought that was enthusiastic. <laughs> and then the rest of the race was just chaos. <laughs> I think because I, I it, it was it was your was it your mum doing the pit bull? I think so. Yeah. I well, at the top. Yeah, yeah, at, yeah, at the mountain. Yeah. So we had a pit bull because we're so used to having. I had a pit bull. I don't know if you could actually see it that much <laughs> as a passenger. I, I, I wasn't really looking. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was looking. I think we started 30-something. And by the end of the first lap, we were sort of 14th. Yeah. And then we made it into the top 10 um, by the third lap. And then I, we had we had brake problems. Yeah. Which which really, yeah, it, that wasn't on our side. And, and Yeah, we, we, we had a bit of a runabout. Look. I should have done more prep on the bike beforehand. And then all the brakes, etc. But we ended up with a brake binding problem um, in that race, and sadly, we quite literally ground to a halt. Yeah, um, just at the bottom of uh, coming through the gooseneck and on yep. on the downhill section into Mansfield. So I pulled over to the side, and by I guess pure coincidence, I had been in that situation before on a sidecar and ground to a halt due to a brake problem at exactly the same point. But the last time I was a passenger, not the driver, and <laughs> good old John Shipley, when we had pulled up, obviously the sidecar stopped. We got out and were then like, fuck's sake, it's sidecar. And then turned round to see in a wet race again, a sidecar heading off down the hill. <laughs> and there's two wildly chasing after it on wet grass falling <laughs> over <laughs> the sidecar rolled down <laughs> down the bottom oh, so dude. this time I'd remember to pop it into gear so it could roll <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like I'm not having a repeat of this no, yeah. Yeah. so uh, yeah. yeah so yeah it was un un unfortunate but uh, well we've completely rebooted all the brakes for this year yeah yeah we've done we've done, we've tried to just go no stone unturned you know we've fabricated a couple of things we've Try to weight save here and there, um, and you know we're just we trying re to rebuild all the brakes. Shocks are getting rebuilt by Richard Max. Richard Max, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got a, a first um, first sort of couple of sponsors. sponsors. Yours was the UK Polypods. Yeah, who's come on board to support us. So massive thank thank you to to those guys who do 
outdoor outdoor live or indoor living outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really cool. And I think recently they've delivered one of their their products. They build. I don't know the correct terminology. I should know. Like that. a summer house. Yeah, well, but, it's, yeah, it's, it's like a polythene or pod, pod made yeah, out yeah. of wood that's got like plastic covering, so you still get a lot of natural sunlight, etc. In into it, and uh, they've actually just delivered one up to. Uh, they're based up in in North North Scotland, and they're working with a charity who looks after seals, seal pups oh, right. that are, you know maybe injured or ill and that sort of thing so they've just delivered one up, up to them so they're not just you know fantastic products they're doing fantastic things as yeah, well. and yeah. they, they, they believe in us they, they, they believe in me and you and believe on believe what we can do so that means an awful lot and then uh, then we've got uh wally and ali at pfm breaks um or i think it's maybe pfm performance I'll have yeah, to... PFM performance. yeah and they they have kindly um well given us a full set of brake pads for the first round um i get along with uh, wally fantastically he's such a funny guy and they do anything concerning brakes they do thumb brakes they do all sorts of different types of levers they do anything you could think of to do with brakes they are they are really good they're based in the isle of man um and i mean they they're always at the tt uh, and they, they actually absolutely love their racing and they they've been generous enough to sponsor us this year so we're uh incredibly great yeah that. incredibly grateful yeah, yeah. To, to both both those uh companies and guys for, for, for believing us and yeah. giving us their faith because but to, to, to put it into context this is we're currently in mine and the missus's house so a little two up two down and i happen to have a garage that my missus has very kindly allowed me to take over but uh, F1 sidecar happens to be 3.2 meters long, and I can't remember how wide it is now. Five, wide enough, five, five foot wide. Right, so, they're wide. Yeah. So in the in the garage, there's not much room for maneuver. No, what yeah. we're trying to do, we're, um, you know, we're doing it on such a tight we're budget, doing it on such yeah. a tight little budget that you know these these guys who have had helping us out and are believing in us, we're, yeah, we're, we're incredibly really, grateful. Really grateful. If everything they're able to do uh, for us to go and allow us to go give it a go, I think we're gonna. Yeah, I, I, I think with it, some experience and practice and learning and learning from the guys who've been doing this for a while, because, you know, the sidecar community is fantastic. The plan is to turn heads. I think we we, we want to just make sure we're not uh, getting beaten up out there and, and, and do our best. Yeah, we're going to go give it, give it a go to us for all. And more. I have no doubt that you guys will absolutely win. You already know I'm a fan, and I'm in your guys' corner from America. So I'm gonna be over here going, "Let's go, Milo and Joe, let's go!" <laughs> Absolutely, man. So uh, listen for everybody that, that that that's listening. What are the rules and regulations as far as sidecar goes? Right, because you go to Superbike, there's certain rules: super stock suit and rolls, hmm. GP2 class, 600 class, yada yada yada. Um, what are the rules pertaining to sidecars? Like, is it like MotoGP, pretty much prototypes? Anything, pretty much yes, goes. Well, you've got several different classes of sidecars are you you know sidecars you, you've got the tt sidecars are very different to your short circuit racing sidecars then you've got your classic sidecars your vintage sidecars yeah. so obviously i don't I, I won't see it okay i know anything about those go by out go by out so well. ours is an f1 sidecar old school f1 so by that i mean what we race you can't race anymore in the uk other than at club level it's what used to be the british level sidecars and the world sidecar championship and they used to race them at the tt back in up to about late 80s 90s they used to run them there um but they're long chassis 
engine behind the rider, rider laying down. Uh, the, you do get tubular, but most of the more modern are box, monocoque box section. Um, chassis was all riveted together. And they're a bit wider and quite a bit longer. And ours is running a Suzuki GSX-R 1000K5 um, engine in stock form with a flat sump on it rather than a dry sump system. Yeah. You then have the more modern of what that class has developed into is what you would call F600 or Formula 600, which are the same long chassis, mostly LCRs or Adolf RSRs. And I think Ride Engineering is now producing... Yeah, one yeah. and have the Christie's built an F1 yet? I know they're building an F2, the CES. Don't know if they've built an F1 yet, but I'm sure they will. The Christie's are a fantastic um brothers family of sidecar racers, they are awesome. They're running at the front of world championship, um, and British. Um, so yeah, that's that's British. That's what you see when you go to BSB and what you see when you watch uh the world sidecar championship, which runs around with the endurance. World Endurance Championship is mainly European-based, I think, these days, the sidecars. Yeah. You know, back in the 90s and 80s, it ran around with MotoGP. But these bikes are theoretically prototype. They run, so now you run you run super sport engines. Most people, I believe, run MoTeC, but you can run other electronics, I think. Um, everyone's on normally the same brand of tires because they're the hardest thing to get hold of but in terms of your chassis if you buy an lcr or a ride or a adolf you can build your own if you wanted to you can put whatever shocks you want on you can come up there's you know rules and regulations you've got to stipulate there's safety you, you, safety rules. well that and you, you know your ground clearance and length and mat width yeah, etc yeah. and you know no sharp edges blah 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 but you can do what you want to the chassis in terms of how you want to make it. Um, we run sprung front, sprung rear, no suspension on the sidecar. That's the the way that is. And then you have what you'd see at the TT, which is the Formula 2 sidecars. These are shorter. The engine is under the rider's chest, which is just, just ridiculous. Isn't Dude, it? that's crazy. I imagine the heat that thing produces off right there. And, and, and the fact that they're running full blown super sport motors. Yeah. 140 odd horsepower. I think in the TT, they're flat out for 75 plus percent of the lap. No one's surprised, man. That's. And they're, they're very high. Those are the guys who do them are, are inc incredible. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, who race those bloody bikes of the TT are just absolute nutcases. Myth. Fair play to all. They are literally walking gods, I think. Yeah. Who <laughs> Absolutely agree. And who races around the TT is, is a nutcase, let alone racing with a sidecar. That's <laughs> you. That, that is that's, you. I was going to say, that's you, Milo. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah not the TT. You're so modest. They're, they're a different level. Uh, I, I forget sometimes. <laughs> Weird. But, How could you? I know, but I still, I know right? <laughs> I, I, still, I still look at the TT, though, and the guys at the TT. I've done it, yes, but I still look at them all and go, you guys are incredible. You know, I'm not going back to it. That, that's sadly after my my crash at Aberdeer. That's it. That's yeah. ended. But they are just gods, and everyone who's ever done it and ever will do it will be a god in my eyes. Well, I, I'm lucky enough to be in that elusive list. But mm. but yeah, that's and then yeah, that that's the F2. They're, they're they're shorter. They're much more nimble. 
but they're not as stable as the long bikes. That's probably a, a really important point. They turn a lot quicker, they stop a lot quicker. Um, but yeah, they're and they've run narrow tires, yeah, slightly yeah. narrow tires, etc. Um, but you're also a lot more influenced by the passenger, yeah. Like yeah. if the passenger sneezes on it, yeah, the driver's, the dri- the driver's <laughs> gonna feel it. Um, so that's sort of your, your modern, that's that's the, your, 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 your modern ones, range. and then. You know, in the UK, we're luckily sidecars are still fairly big, and we have like pre-injection championships for the older bikes that are pre-2002 chassis with uh, carbureted engines, and you know that's a fantastic but the same the same sort of theory and, and rules and whatnot. And then there's obviously, you know, the the rules are sort of selected throughout the different championships. But uh, yeah, I mean the the F600s and the F2s are sort of the big the big they're, two. They're, they're, they're the big two, yeah. Dude, that's awesome, dude. That what uh, it's. Uh, I was always curious too to know because I see him obviously at the TT, and I got a a, a guy out here, a friend of mine, Peter. He races uh, sidecars out here in the United States too, and he kind of told me, um, but they're just so different to anything else. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're uh, it it is. So we actually have another comment too, Chris Lewis. What is going on, mate? He says he has a question. <clears throat> he says obviously I I. I it's pertaining to, to you, Milo, in the TT. He says, obviously, you do it because you get a thrill and enjoyment from it, but does the TT ever scare you? I think you have to be scared. I think anyone who says they're not scared, I, I'm not sure. I probably shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> right? You have, you, have, you have to respect the course for what it is. You know, it is the best 37 three-quarter miles of tarmac, I think, ever laid, whether they did it on purpose in the first place yeah. or not. But I agree, hundred percent. It, it ended up being that way, but when you're racing on that sort of road, you have to go at, with it with the respect that it deserves. Because one mistake from you or the mechanical, and that 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 might be the end. So you have to be scared because you know I won't sit here and say I'm not afraid of death. I think everyone's afraid of yeah. death a little bit. But at least at my um, certainly at my age, I've, I've got you know I was 25 when I did TT, 24. I can't remember. Two years ago, 2022 or 23. Yeah, I think I was 24. Anyway, regardless, age doesn't matter. But there's a lot of life ahead of me. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, you know, you want there to be a lot of life ahead of you. you. You know, there's a lot of things I want to do in that. And doing the TT, you run the risk of never doing that again. But had it not been for my for, for my accident I had later, I would have 100% carried on doing it. Mm-hmm. It's the only reason I've stopped. I ended up stopping was because yeah, I did get very scared. I, I I went and saw therapists after after my crash because you know when I when I was heading towards the tree on a road racing circuit, I was like, "This is it." And when you think that's it, it totally changes your mindset a little bit on what everything else is. And yeah, you, you the fear is definitely there. It's just when you're doing it. You can push that back to the to the back of your mind a bit. It's still there. It's still talking to you and saying, "Oh, maybe we should just roll off here." But some corners you got to fight it and go, "No, we don't roll off here. We know we can go through here, flat stick. Just do it. Just just go and do it." And you do and you do that. And in some places, it's like, right, you need to shut off. You're like, yeah, you might be talking a bit of sense at this point. <laughs> might be might be a good idea to break the governor's dip or something stupid like that. But it's you know, I, I'm I'm. My, my biggest moment I had when I was at the TT was on the Saturday during the senior race when it was windy. And I took off over a jump on the right-hand side and ended up, when I landed, 
a foot away from the curb on the left hand side because as I'd gone up, the wind had caught the fairings and just it pushed you over. Yeah. As I was in it, I could feel the front going like that way, and I was like, yeah. "That's this is this is not going to end fantastically for me." And it did. It luckily it did. Or I remember on a night of practice when it was evening practice and it was cooling down. I'd been on the tire that was eight nine laps old, I think, on the front. And because you're up on the mountain, it was like the last lap of the session for me, and it was getting cool. The front folded. It was a black black hut up over the top of the mountain. It wasn't a big fold. It wasn't anything like Martin Marquez or any stretch of imagination, but I felt the front go in. You know, I was able, you know, because of the corner you were at and that, you just lift it up on the knee and it was fine. But it gave you the warnings and it's, you just got to listen, listen to them. And, you know, if I wasn't scared or worried, I would have gone out there and been a nutcase and might not come home. And the most important lap of the Isle of Man TT is the ferry. Yeah. <laughs> it's going out there on the ferry and doing your. You're, you're like back on the ferry. That's the most important lap of the Isle of Man TT. The rest Absolutely. of it is phenomenal. And if you, if you can be fast at it and run at the front, then amazing. You know, I, I have a question. You hear it all the time. Uh, you, you go through the big awning at the TT and you're, st you're in line and you go up to the guy and he puts his hand on your shoulder, right? Mm -hmm. What emotions are going through your mind at that time? I don't know. It's a it's a tricky one. I I, I would say it was, for me it was especially the first race, for the superbike race. It was just like it's happening. You practiced all week. I'd been going over. I think I went over four or five times between January and and the middle of April. I played so many hours. It was the only time in my life where I've been able to play video games at silly o'clock in the morning. And when my mum went my like I was living at home. Can you stop? Can you shut up? And, and I'd be like, Mum, I'm saving my own life here. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> um, you know, and, and then I was sat there with his hand on my shoulder, the iconic scene <clears throat> of his hand on your shoulder. And it was like, I'm about to do it. Up to that point, you know, I was a TT newcomer, but I wasn't a TT racer hmm. yet. I'd raced, I'd rode the Isle of Man TT and rode the track in racing conditions. Well, I wasn't a racer, and once that hand come off your shoulder, it was like this is now my six laps to go and become a TT racer. So it was just full of excitement, and I was absolutely buzzing. And then I set off, and I click up the box, click up the box, and I'm listening I'm in, in my head straight away. I'm hearing hearing Milky and Barty like get over to the bush, you know, get straight as you're coming over the top of St. Ninian's Crossroads and land it drift over a little bit come back to the left but well, i hated the first part of the course <laughs> absolutely i i love saying indians crossroad but as you're going down to the the dip at the bottom and over agos agos was fine but that dip at the bottom and the compression oh i fucking hated it <laughs> so much it was the scariest part of the course and you've just gone from chilling out and doing nothing to all of a sudden hitting Hitting the top of it at St. Ninian's Crossroads at 170 mile hour. Flat out. And, yeah. And, you know, full tank of fuel. And they, you know, they got the extended fuel tanks on them as well. So you were carrying, you know, 20 plus kilos of fuel. Cold tyres because you've been sat on the start line, you know, inching forwards for three, mm. four minutes. Your tyres are cooling down. Crazy. And then you, then you get told off, off your fucking yeah, pop, lad. Yeah, I've seen a bit. Yep. 
It weren't too bad when you were coming at it on a flying lap. No, but for me, once I got to um, so I don't know, maybe Crosby. Oh no, no, man, not even then. I didn't think I was fully settled. Maybe once Balagari was out of the way. At that point, I was like, "Yeah, okay, settle down, crap, settle down." You know, catching your breath because <clears throat> everything that first little bit is just. I remember the first night I practiced when I went out on my first. I did the, the speed control lap and then did the um, my first solo lap, and everything is coming at you at a thousand miles an hour. It's just, <laughs> and it took a few days for that to <clears throat> settle down and become normal and i think it's always balagari i was you know you, you know it's a scary they call it balagari for a reason yeah you know you rolled off at the 30 mile hour went down a gear i did <laughs> fast boys don't even do that but down to fifth and then and then dip in and once you see the once you see the white line on the inside that's where you get back on the gas and drive it through and uh i think once i was through there for the first lap you then got a bit of a straight run with a little bit of wheelie and you've got to sort of correct it a little bit but nothing major that's where i went right let's yeah let's go now yeah into it let's let's start to push on that little bit and see what i can do wicked and yeah that was yeah that was a, a fantastic yeah that the, the, the man's handling shoulders have started it to me that was like you're you're a racer now you're a tt yeah. racer right yeah I'm, I'm a legend you're a legend bro what are you talking about absolutely no watching it on tv and, and you see it right but being there, being on the bike, on the solos, right? Uh, dude, it is so bumpy and so physically demanding. I mean, there is no time where the track is smooth at all. It's it's uh, the mountain course. is It's probably the smoothest section of the TT, uh, hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I'll probably agree with that. I remember yeah. the first, in, in practice on the first and second night, I was going through like the conquer tree section. <clears throat> and I was getting battered. And I came in and I was like, <clears throat> I can't even hold it flat out because it's so bumpy. And they're like, if you hold it flat out, it's not as bumpy. <laughs> what? They're like, yeah, if you hold it flat, you skim it over it a little oh, bit more. Jesus. Whereas if you sit at 80 and you're sort of knocking backwards and forwards, it gets worse. So the, the advice is go out and just hold it flat. It works. They, they were 100% right. It works. If you hold it flat, it seemed less bumpy. Crazy. But you have to stand up and nuts. hovering over the seat. And it, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm getting all excited again. Absolute nuts. We actually have a question. Uh, for, for Darren, your dad says, Milo, I know sidecars is your passion. What's the long-term plan with the sidecar, British? Welds. Yeah. That's got to be, that's got, it's got to be welded. It's got, it's got to go in doing that. If we can, you know, get the supporters and, and backing and money and, yeah. and, and we are good enough, which we'll find out in the next years. But yeah, no. This year we're doing our, uh, our club because we've both got to get our national licenses. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I don't even think we will get them this year. Oh, It'll be halfway yeah. through next year. I think. No, no, we could get them this year because six yeah. six races, all the two meetings, so therefore we get ten signatures. Yeah. So if we do all right, we can get our national licenses for next year. Then we can go up to British. But to transform our bike, which is quite an old bike now, but to transfer that to a, yeah. it's, British, it's an expensive. It's and, and, and there's so much sort of um it, i mean time is one sort of uh element to it but i you know the top teams even the some of the mid teams in in british and obviously all the world lot 
they they have such you know fantastic sponsors that support them endlessly and and you know we're, we're not in a position at all at the moment we, the bike was free otherwise we wouldn't be going racing yeah you know yeah and to, to trans, transform that bike to a 600 will be new wiring limb new engine yeah excuse me new cradle a much bigger list than we've got now which is yeah right. this seems long <laughs> enough already um but yeah we'll be looking at i i would suspect we'd need to put in 30 30 ish thousand yeah. pounds Piece of string, Piece yeah, of string. yeah, yeah. It could be as much as you want it to be because you know, if you wanted to go and buy a full super sport blown engine, you'd be yeah, looking yeah. at twenty five grand an engine or twelve grand an engine. Um, and you need you need at least two, one for the bike and a spare, and if anything, you want another one that's being rebuilt and prepped to go at the same time. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you know, that's is the that's the end goal. That's, that is the end goal. But you know, we, we I think I think our current goal is have a bike that we can go and do the first round on and finish and see where we end up. And then build throughout the season, and if it's looking good, then then, then we we'll move on, and hopefully we can attract some people to come and yeah. The, join plan, us the on, plans join us constantly are going to be developing, and and you know it's going to change every every round because every yeah, time we come to the next round, it's it's just going to be a completely different ball game. You know, we're going to be a little bit more. Than, it's always going faster than we were. Yeah, yeah. yeah the last yeah. time we went out. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. As long not as to we... finish last. Yeah, don't finish last. Second to last. <laughs> finish, it'll be fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Sorry, uh, man. Listen, this dude. This has been awesome. We're we're coming up. We're an hour and forty minutes into this. This is great. I, yeah. Oh, dude, I love it. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, I want to actually um tell everybody uh what um obviously the game plan this year is sidecars, right? But what series are you guys racing in your sidecars in this year? And you said it was six rounds. Yeah, so it's a, it's a seven round championship, but we're we're missing one. So we're doing uh, the Bemzy, and I can't remember what it's, oh, it's called. It's the BMCRC uh, British Motorcycle Racing Club, um, and we're racing in the F1 category um, with them. Is the plan? Entries open on nineteenth. Nineteenth. So next next week we'll put our entry in for our first first race. Yeah, which is really exciting until you think how many bits of sidecars. Oh, yeah. I'm stoked. I can't wait to uh us for to have another chat and see where you guys are. I wish they'd televise it on TV so I could watch it, but uh you can send you the link for the time and oh yeah, yeah. send me the link. T TSL? Yeah, TSL. Yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. Send me the link and I'll definitely uh cheer you guys on, put it out on social medias and all that. Um listen, I wanna I wanna get away from the bikes and all that. I wanna I wanna dig into your personal lives, right? I wanna I wanna ask ask some juicy questions before we end this podcast. Uh but no worries, everybody. There's definitely going to be a part two, part three, part four, part five, part six. All that's coming up. So, um, listen. It's all in one go. We're sitting in here for 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Uh, favorite movie. What's your guys' favorite movie? Shawshank Redemption. Ah, it's, it's, yeah, strong. Very strong. Um, Axel Ridge. Axel Ridge also. <laughs> um, I think it would have to be. If I have to watch it for the rest of my life. I think I'd have to go Forrest Gump. Oh, great choice. Great um, job. Yes. Yeah. That'd be you if you fall out. Yeah. <laughs> run, Joe. <laughs> run, Joe, run. Take the transponder. <laughs> Hold your arm out so it crosses the line first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Books, audio books. I'm a big audio book person, right? Um, so I listen to, to a lot of audio books. Like if I read a book, I'm, I'm out, right? I, I, I'd rather just put it in, listen to it while I work or whatever. You like um, 
I, uh, well, I, I love a good podcast like your own. And I, I like audiobooks because I'm, I don't enjoy reading, but I enjoy sort of taking in a load of information just free while I'm driving along. Um, and one of the best books, weirdly enough, is a, sort of a psychology book called The Chimp Paradox, um, which was just fantastic. And it, it sort of, it made me think all sorts of different ways and, uh, and, and just sort of uh, transform my brain a bit. But uh, yeah, that's my favorite book easily. And then I, I, I like paper paper books rather than audio. I, I love podcasts and especially history podcasts. I'm, at the moment, I'm listening to the history of World War Two in depth. No way. Yeah. God, nice. <laughs> I just finished the Roman Empire one. Oh, really? <laughs> that sounds like, a bit more interesting. It was like three episodes <laughs> oh, long. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, at the moment, I've got a few books on the go. One of them actually is just here, which is a sci-fi book, Sam, which is uh, Roy Hanks, his new book, their publicist for Hanks here. It's a really good read. And then I'm also currently reading... Um, Matt Oxley's um, "Stealing Speed." Yep, I've read. I've read before. My dad had it years ago um, as a first edition um, hardback, which I wish he still had because they're worth bloody fortune now. I think the book that book I bought, I've got, is recommended retail price of eight ninety nine or something like that, hmm. and I had to pay forty pounds for oh, it dear. as second hand. Um, but that's a fantastic read. That's yeah. I I just like I enjoy reading. I enjoy reading. Um, non-fiction autobiographies yeah. and en- engineering stories mm. that's what I like I, I, I'm, I'm into doing that yeah I, I like listening to like uh, obviously podcasts too as well but uh, I like listening to to all Greek mythology the Egyptians you know mm. as far as the pyramids and oh yeah Spartans and all that shit dude I love that shit that's that's I, I listen to that and then my wife listens to a lot of that true crime right that, I listen yeah. to a fair bit of true crime yeah I do too I, I, I've, I've actually gotten into uh, some of that but Chris actually has he says tell me more about the the chimp paradox I've been told to listen to it uh, but have it on ice at the moment yeah yeah so um, <laughs> fundamentally fundamentally that basically uh, it separates your brain into th- three sort of uh, imaginary characters and i'm butchering it at this point um but they they do a much better job of explaining it but you have you the chimp and the computer and the computer works 20 times quicker than the chimp can and the chimp works quicker 10 times quicker than you know you can and then you sort of take on everything as you you can possibly take it but your instincts and everything are all up in the computer and, and the um and the monkey um and it, it discusses the the sort of um uh, uh from a uh, what's called cbt um cognitive behavioral uh point of view and it teaches you to understand especially in this day and age where there's a lot of discussions about sort of mental health and a lot of people talk about intrusive thoughts because the computer thinks 10 million times quicker than you ever could and the monkey takes a bit of that and thinks oh let's do that and then you have to decide okay is that him talking or is that and a lot of people you know there's a lot of people that are completely aware of what's going on in their heads and they may not have a monologue or they do have a monologue or they might sort of um talk in their heads or they read in their heads i have a lot of them um and 
the the book explains a way of looking at it for you to be able to manage it because you can't control it. You'll never win. You can manage it though, and you can you, you know the, I sort of put it down to three things that you've got to look out for, and it's drinking lots of water, eating healthy, and doing exercise. And that way, your your chimp's happy, and you're able to sort of train him to be like you know you've got your dopamine, you've got your happiness. And you've, we've done all these three things to make sure you're happy. Now we can start making our own decisions. Um, so it goes into all that kind of stuff. And there's a huge amount of really good examples. Um, but it's it's a fantastic read. And uh, I absolutely 100% recommend it. Yeah. Um, on, on that note of exercise there, this man's running the London Marathon in April. So if anyone who is watching wants to donate <laughs> to St. John's Ambulance in behalf of Joe yeah. running the London Marathon, do go hit up his page, donate some money to him. Yeah. He's going to be running for a very long time. And a few months ago, this man couldn't run for a very short time. Nope, yeah. <laughs> now, he, now he's getting there and he's putting a lot of effort yeah, and doing yeah. a lot of training for it. Yeah. So if anyone has got a spare few pennies to chuck at Joe. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's a fantastic cause. And uh, oh, I'd be 100% grateful because we are really trying to raise some money for that. And I really appreciate that because I, no, I don't want to talk about it. But, you know, you're it, doing it, very well at the moment. Um, yeah, we're training hard and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're doing as much as we can just to sort of raise the money to, to be able to start. I keep trying to get you to go to the pub and you're like, oh, I'm going for a 14-kilometer run. <laughs> a 14-pint run. <laughs> a 14-pint run. Yeah, that'd be me. I'd be like, no, I'll just stick with the pints myself, right? Yeah. So the, the one of the best, well, not one of the best, but uh, as far as road racing books go, of course, you know, I got a, uh, I listened to Michael Dunlop's, Shaky Burns, you know, mm. all the all the others got, got all of Guy Martin's. Um, John Hopkins. Oh, Bro, oh, I've got that I've, uh, absolutely proper book because he don't hold shit back, right? He talks no. about smoking weed, drinking beer, smoking cigarettes, yeah. riding Moto GP bikes, high shit. I'm like, dude, this is that's what I love the, the yeah. pure raw honesty of what really happened, what yeah, went down. Is it, is it leathered? I've not seen it. Leathered, yep, it is leathered. I've, I've yep. got it. I think my dad's borrowed it at the moment. Dad, if you're still watching, <laughs> Joe would like I to need my it. book back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, that's good stuff, man. Good stuff. And then, so what, uh, uh, music, I listen to all kinds of music. I could listen rap, reggae country. It don't matter. Right. Frank Sinatra is one of my favorites. I love Frank. Um, so I listen to all kinds of stuff. What about you I've, guys? I've gone, I've gone back to, um, sort of early noughties. I'm on a bit of a phase where even S club seven is on the playlist at this point. Um, but I will, I will listen to anything from Ramstein to 50 cent. I, I don't really care. And you're exactly the same. I'm you very, know. very similar. I, 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 I like my country music. Yeah. A bit of Glenn Campbell. Yeah, love Glenn Campbell. And Morgan um, Wallen. Yeah. yeah the, the only thing I don't really listen to is sort of modern rap. Yeah, it, it up, does, up, up, up to like the mid two thousands, like peak Eminem. Yeah, era. yeah. I liked all that NWA, and yeah, I'm, I, yeah. I enjoyed that every now and again. Yeah, modern but, rap's a bit angry. Yeah, it's all the mumbling. I yeah. can't understand. Yeah, we sound really old. <laughs> yeah, all this modern day stuff, eh? Yeah, yeah. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Now, right. you're probably like, guys, oh, I'm so old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? How old are you guys again? <laughs> What does she call it? Old man. Yeah, she, she says like OMTs. If I ever say something that sounds really old, you're like, yeah, that's an OMT any day of the weekend. <laughs> that's awesome. OMT. Uh, that's good stuff. So I got to ask, I ask everybody, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Star Wars. What I, like Star the new, I like Go. the new Star Trek, but the Star Wars. Star Wars. 
yeah, uh, and, and, and the ones on Disney Plus is awesome, like the Mandalorian and Ahsoka and all that. Man, it's such yeah, proper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, I haven't watched any. Uh, I've, I've started the Mandalorian, but I mean, I'm so behind with all the, especially Skywalker and all that kind of stuff. I'm just way behind. Yeah, yeah it's a uh, good stuff. So, what Star Wars character would you be? Probably Jab of the Hut. Uh, how can I top that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you can top that. That was good. Yeah, yeah. I was jumping the hut straight up. I'll take Chewy, but I'm not quite hairy enough yet. I'm definitely I'm like a, I'm like a massive baby. <laughs> um I I I mean Princess Leia. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Just yeah, yeah. she's um she's so uh, it would have to be Harrison Ford, you know, Han Solo. Yeah. Um he's just the coolest man ever. He's absolutely, uh, absolutely. I don't know, what's the really annoying one that no one liked? All of the uh, me, uh, <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. Oh, Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> you got the ears for it as well, <laughs> right? You got the big ears, the floppy ears for it. Yeah, yeah. dude, that's yeah, awesome. So fucking pissed off about that. <laughs> uh, so I love to cook, right? I, I I get it from my mom's side. So do you guys like to cook too as well? Oh, um, what's your go-to? I love I love doing a, a proper carbonara. Yeah. If, no. if, 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 if I'm going to that's exotic, <laughs> <laughs> I, I made katsu curry from scratch the other day. Yeah, well, yeah. and I, 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 if when the weather gets nice, I like to smoke a brisket. You know, I'm, I, I, I enjoy I enjoy cooking. Yeah, it's just the missus gets very very annoyed at me because I'm I'm not let's say a tidy cook, and we don't have, we don't have a very big kitchen, and when I'm in there, there is just plates and. Every night, chaos and just everywhere splats on the wall. I clean it all up afterwards, don't get me wrong. But she comes in and goes, Oh, that's ruined dinner, and walks back out until I've cleaned it. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I enjoy cooking. I used to love making bread, yeah, yeah, it explains a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. I, I think, um, you're good at beans on toast. I'm bloody you good are at beans the best on the toast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even that, I manage to cock up sometimes. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I like. Uh, I don't know. I just like chicken. I just love oh, chicken. Yeah. Oh, burrito <laughs> any day of the week. I love a burrito. It's it's borderline unhealthy. No, it's just it's unhealthy. Um, I love burritos. Burritos are fantastic. They are. They're, they're, and you know, you can make a healthy burrito. I mean, you know, it's yeah, it's you uh, could, but you could not be right, right, right. I get you, I get you. So do, do you guys like spice? I love hot and spicy stuff. Oh, hot yeah, spicy. I love spicy food. Yeah. yeah. The aftermath isn't so much fun, but you know, yeah, if you if you prep though, put the toilet roll in the freezer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or bring an ice cream sandwich and you're good, you're golden, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. So, you do you guys? Spice. We like spice. Yeah, I love a good kick. I, I do too. Well, how spicy, right? Like, like the hot ones that the the YouTube show. I um, I, I I normally go for a madras. Is my normal curry. I if I, that's the level of spice I. I don't like to hit myself with. too much. I like, but I last time I went for a curry when I left my last job. Yeah, coma. Nah, somebody said. Um, if you eat this chili and it's like it's it's meant to season it, you're not meant to eat it at all. And they said if you eat it, we'll pay for your meal. And I'm tight as a snare drum. I ate it quicker than I could think about what it could be. And I think I was on, I, I was in the, the the bathroom covering my face in water on edge of crying just because I was sweating so much. It was a horrible, horrible idea. 
but I saved twelve pound fifty. Worth it. <laughs> good stuff. I good stuff. Did you go through the next day though? Oh, I did. I think I put the business out. <laughs> facts right yeah and then so listen joe do chris lewis just said just donated to your cause for the london marathon way to go mate thank Very you, thank you so much. That is so appreciated thank you so much you're an that, absolute legend chris that is fantastic I'm, I'm so grateful for that i really am me too man yes dude way to go dude that's awesome good stuff man um celebrity crush really awesome as wonder woman Oh, no, wait, no. Uh, Captain Marvel is her name. Not Wonder Woman. She wasn't Wonder Woman. Yeah, Captain Marvel, yeah. Somebody asked me that the other day, and I said, do a leaper. Um, but then I watched Endgame again, and I was like, Brie Larson. <laughs> Endgame is great, Phil. Yeah. It is. It's a good film. Um, uh, it was such a good lead-up to it as well. Uh, I've, I've always been a Jennifer Aniston fan. Ah, uh, well, yeah. It's um, just, yeah. Just, just a classic. Yeah. She yeah. is. Absolute legend, and she's she he's aged like fine wine. And, oh and my I, god! Like me and the missus watch Friends constantly, yeah. so for very different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> it's always that, right? Yeah. I hope she hears this. I hope no, she re re listens to the podcast and knows that we're I was trying to pick a safe one and everything. We're yeah. rooting for it. <laughs> she could come kicking open the door. What'd you just say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who? Yeah. Who? What? Yeah, that's not true. I like the monkey in the season one and two. Yeah, Ross's 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 monkey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. So, uh, question uh, again: uh, What advice would you give your younger self right now? Crash less. Ah, oh, just <laughs> don't hit the tree. There's so much. Yeah, I, I don't know because then you start going to invest in Bitcoin. Oh, invest, yeah, invest in Bitcoin. <laughs> what the hell are we doing there? <laughs> and then bail out at the right point because then sidecar racing or any form of racing would not be a problem. I think I'd have Absolutely. told myself to eat a salad or two just to get into it. <laughs> just just get to love salads a bit earlier, you know, just just try. And, and, and that's about it, really. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Uh, obviously, PlayStation or Xbox. Xbox. Now Xbox. Um, but I mean, those days playing The Last of Us, they're irreplaceable. That was a fantastic game, and uh, it uh, it was such a good story. For an Xbox fan, but no, no, I, I like Xbox. I like Forza. I think Forza's fantastic. Um, yeah. But if I had to choose between one or the other now, I'd probably go Xbox. I uh, I'm actually playing the first Last of Us right now. Oh, it's such a um, good game. Yeah, yeah, I, just, I, I didn't ever play it. No, because you're on Xbox, you lost out. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah it's great. Well, it's, Sony folk, we knew what we were doing. <laughs> I'm that. I'm that. Would it come up to that scene where uh, Homeboy's daughter got shot, dude? I almost cried. I was like, dude, you got to be like, it was emotional. I was like, oh shit, right? It's, yeah, and the, the series. Have you seen the series of Pedro? I have. Yes, yes. Fantastic. Really. Have you seen that? No, you love it. You really. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, good it's things good. About it. yeah. It's good. Like, I got to go out here and fix this sidecar. <laughs> uh, good. Favorite racer growing up? Like, whose posters did, did you have on your guys' wall? Do you know what? Ironically, on my wall was a signed John Hopkins on the, on the ZXRR, whatever it was called in the Kawasaki. Ah, the Screamer one. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. He, he was, I absolutely always loved John Hopkins. But I got a hop thing, right there. Oh, oh, nice. Suzuki. Yeah. And then um, I, don't, I guess my, my race number is 41 because I absolutely loved Norihaga. He was 
which I just thought he was fantastic. Yeah. His riding style was amazing, but obviously you can't leave this conversation without saying Valentino Rossi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what he's done for the sport. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just how he rode the bike and how he just got in everyone's head. Like, you should just play with people. Yeah. How you can be that good that you can just play with someone for 22 laps and then two laps to go, just yeah. be like, I'm out of here. And gap them three seconds. I know. I, I don't know who mine would be. I, I had all the TT racers posters from, from like 2000 and. 10 i just went around getting all their signatures it didn't matter who they were i had everybody i had dan Linf, not dan Linf, but I, I did i had oh, there was there was loads loads of people who just just did it once or twice and you know they were on my wall because that was that was the hero but i remember i had i had michael dunlop's john mcguinnesses i had all the, the okay john john's got john will always be up there yeah that's hutchy um but i think I, I, I'm a big Michael Dunlop fan. I think I think he's he's really you know he's he's just committed. He's got no bullshit about him. He just wants to win races. Yeah, um, I think that's that's very admirable quality. So I, I'm a big fan of his. Me too. I mean, who who's not a fan? If anybody's yeah. out there listening, and you're not a fan of any of the Dunlops. I don't, I don't know where, where you've been living under, but yeah. all of them are just proper, right? They're, they're, it's almost like. All of them are legends, okay? But but it, it's kind of like Joey did – how do I want to phrase this? Almost kind of the same way Rossi did for MotoGP, right? He, like, oh, he yeah. stepped the TT up to another level, right, because of who he was and his marketing and, and how he was, you know, going to Estonia and taking all those foods to, to feed homeless people all the time, which is – Oh, a, yeah. Such an amazing story. Yeah, just, yeah, just, a, just a top bloke. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. on a bike. Yeah, fantastically amazing. Fantastic rider. Dude, it's it's it, you know, to me, when I watched the TT and I watched Michael Dunlop, uh, which he could very well overpass Uncle Joey this year. So it's it's mm. it, there's a lot going on, you know. But when I see him, he's he's still working on his own bikes. Right. Yeah. You don't see nobody else in the paddock doing besides sidecars. Got well, uh, I, I'm talking about the top tier out of Peter yeah. Hickman and all those other guys. Yeah, he's in there replacing his clutch place. He's changing his oils. He's doing the brake pads. He's he's proper hands on, just like old school, right? And yeah, I love yeah, it. yeah, definitely. He just wants to make sure it's right. And if yeah. he but he's, right, but he's, he's also himself, he's yeah. he's adopted a very new sort of approach to it. You know, he's he gyms all the time. He, he's he's constantly looking after himself, and he he wants everything. He wants to make sure everything is perfect, um, which is which is why he's obviously still winning races hand over fist. Yeah, yeah proper. And li uh, dude, Lizzie Whitmore is in the house. What is up, Lizzie? Hey, 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 Lance. <laughs> yes, yes, dude. You're right. Yeah, dude. Yeah, congratulations, uh, Lizzie, on the FIM. Can't wait. She's actually partner. So I'm friends with Lizzie. We actually met at Cadwell Park, right? Me and her have been talking back and forth. Me, her, and her dad, Steve. Finally, when I showed up to Cadwell, we met. We was actually supposed to do a podcast there, but the Wi-Fi is utter shit, right? There's, yeah, there's, there's yeah, no yeah. way, and she had to work. So we ended up, we got her on. Um, before th this big announcement she she had just released and uh mallory dobbs is a friend of mine too she races out here in moto america and she's actually fim with uh lizzie and they're actually teammates and so yeah. i'm so excited for them too because i got two of my friends and the first women fim championship on the same team which is yeah. just pff, like what's the chances not going to try and butcher but to the team name but that's that's maddie's maddie's running uh, running that team you know maddie Patterson. Journalist, oh, right. really lovely girl, massive into the TT as well. Yeah, um, 
Simon's also a her husband's a journalist, really, really lovely, oh, right. really lovely people. Uh, so yeah, good luck. Yeah, really yeah. going to root it for you. Enjoy it. That'll be an amazing experience. It is. It's. It's. I'm, I can't wait to watch uh, Lizzie and and Mallory. It's going to be proper. I mean, that whole series is good. I think it's. Um, I think That's it's good. Fantastic for the sport. It, it's absolutely fantastic. She says it's pronounced Sig Sigmet. 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 Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it, Lizzie. Absolutely. She said, thanks, guys. Can't wait to get out there. Listen, I can't wait for you to get out there. And, and I assume you and Mallory has already been talking together, right, on, on the telephone or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you guys have, which is, again, I, it's it, it's awesome. But, uh, okay, so if you guys could sit down and have dinner with any five people, dead or alive, who would you be at your dinner table? You go first, mate. Um, Elvis. I don't know why. Uh, I just like the idea. Um, Elvis, Casey Stoner, um, Brad Binder. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. That'd be um, good uh, Kevin Bridges, he's a Scottish comedian. Um, Tony Hawk. Yeah, Tony Hawk pro skater. That, yes, Travis Pastrana. I think that'd be awesome. I think that'd be just a load of people that some would sort of know each other, some might know of each other. Everybody will know Elvis. Um, because, <laughs> um, yeah, see how we kick off, you know. <laughs> Who would you go for? He's thinking hard about this, Lizzie. Uh, it's, it's important. This, I'd want. Uh, Richard Brown, who did the Britain motorcycles from New Zealand. I don't know. He did the Britain with the, those absolutely mental carbon frame bikes in like the 90s. Oh, yes, 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 yes. They, they did a TT on them. What, right. one Jim, uh, what was his first name? Jim? Is it was Jim, it Jim? Or Richard Britain? I, I can't. Oh, the Hong. Uh, like he made that. the Britain. He made the Britain. Yeah, yeah. the pink and yeah. blue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, oh, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. His engineering and then what his ideas that he did at the time were just unreal. So, yeah. yeah. Be keen, be keen on chatting to him and yeah. understanding what he was doing. Anyone else? Or just, just him? <laughs> <laughs> a lovely romantic dinner. Yeah, yeah. candlelight, you know. <laughs> uh, no, um, I'd, want, I'd, want, I'd want McGuinness there because I've been at a meals with him and he's a fucking cuckoo and a half. Right. So McGuinness would definitely be there. Um, Rossi, because he's friends with McGuinness. Yeah. And I just love, to, he's an idol. I've never met him. Definitely like to do that. Anybody outside of racing? Outside of there's people outside of racing. Yeah, I don't know. I just, <laughs> they make music <laughs> apparently. Um, Eminem. <laughs> I'd probably like to talk to Chris Martin from Coldplay. Lisa yeah, Coldplay. Yeah, probably really, really interesting. And then I'd probably join you on Casey Stoner. Yeah, because also I think it'd be really interesting to see Rossi and Stoner at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully a fight would break out. <laughs> <laughs> fucking utter chaos is what that would be. <laughs> I, I think. I think my problem here is like, there's so many I'd want to do, like to yeah. talk to and have in, yeah. in a room together. And after watching Oppenheimer, I'd love to have. Yeah, love to have yeah. Oppenheimer yeah. in a yeah. room. You know, it, it just sort of really interests me. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be. I need a conference hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe people. Maybe Wembley. Yeah, few thousand. Nice. I, I, that's awesome. So, uh, where do you see your guys, uh, both of you, where do you see yourself in five years? 
married. What? Your missus obviously watches. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant with you, you dickhead. Oh. As a joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, first things I hope moving up in my actual job designing designing yeah. bikes. Yeah, that, yeah. That, I'd like to go further up there, you know. Always gonna have a backup plan. This now seems to be the main plan. So I can have a backup, I guess, at this point. Yeah. Um, five years if we've got the backing, got the support behind us. Worlds. Yeah, I would love to be doing the World Sidecar Championship and giving it a go and running, hopefully, towards the front. Five years is probably, excuse me, way too early of a time to have that experience and get to that point. But then if you don't have a goal, yeah, no, you absolutely. Have nothing yeah, to aim yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, certainly, definitely running mid to mid to front in British yeah, at yeah, a minimum yeah. and looking at doing Worlds and uh yeah, wild cards or something along those lines. I think mine, you know, on a, a personal note, mine would be to master cooking pasta. <laughs> <laughs> and I think in five years I can I can get close. If we'll give you some classes. We could. We could Absolutely. do this. I could, but most people wouldn't make it out of the awning. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff, good stuff. So uh what's after racing? Like once racing's done and the sidecar thing's done, obviously you guys are engineers, so I assume that's what you guys are going to be doing. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I think like um, going after a career in politics or something. I don't know. You'd really, you do really <laughs> well, and I'm always behind you. Um, <laughs> I want to go snowboarding. I want to work so I can go snowboarding and just sit on some peak in Austria. I, I, and I want to go to I don't know Australia. Yeah, well, yeah, traveling definitely. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever be done with racing. I think even if I was done with yeah. spending all my money on racing, I'd still be doing track days. Yeah, and, I don't. And, I, it's and always playing, just playing with been, bikes. Been part of it. Even I, I don't know what to do. But when COVID was hit us and we weren't racing bikes, felt very lost. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, what do I do now? I've got, I've got nothing. So I ended up building a, building a yeah, cafe yeah, racer. Yeah, yeah. it's a good, it's bike, a good so. stabilizer. It sort of, you know, keeps your brain ticking. That's right. That's right. Okay. Obviously, uh, be involved in the sport some way or fashion, right? In, in two wheels for sure. Certainly. I don't think I'll ever leave. <laughs> oh, I guess probably after my racing career will hopefully be my son or daughter's racing career. There you go. Forwards and giving all the support. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? Yeah. <laughs> One more time. Yeah. You're not spending the money on your social into racing. That's hilarious. She's like, uh uh, hell no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, no, she didn't. <laughs> I probably got an angry text. Uh, maybe. But no, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think that, that would be good. Cause I, you know, it was such a such an awesome thing doing it with my, my mum and my dad and my brother, my sister throughout the years and them supporting me and traveling the country and over to europe a little bit to go race that it was such a cool experience with everyone yeah, and family yeah, yeah. that oh, yeah. i would like to do the same Very thing lucky. because yeah we learned, learned a lot and i think it's that what we were doing that's put us in this position where we are now as you know outside the racing with the engineers with i don't feel like you find mates like you get in with racing and the racing family you don't find mates that are, yeah. are, are like that because you've always got that little extra thing in common compared to 
you know, mere mortals who yeah. don't ride by bikes. Civilians. Yeah. <laughs> civilians. I love it. Look at all these civilians out here. <laughs> so yeah, no, I think that's that, that's where I'd like to see if after racing go down that route, mm. if possible, if allowed. Good stuff. Good stuff, guys. Listen, this has been an honor. We've been. We're two hours and 12 minutes into this podcast, and it's been an awesome, awesome it, journey. You guys are falling asleep. It's time to wake up. Yeah, brush, brush that's it. Go and to then bed. go back to bed. <laughs> and then go back to bed. I love it. it or, 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 or have a pint and then go back to bed, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, we made a movie. So. <laughs> you made a movie. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah. <laughs> Not that one. <laughs> We said we wouldn't uh, talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> We're not talking about this on this episode. Next episode, we might yeah, be able to get to it. The next episode, the OnlyFans special. Yeah. yeah. The OnlyFans special. That's right. Listen, guys, it's been an honor to ha have you on here. Definitely thank you, looking no, thank for you so the. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, listen, I've had a ball. So I need you guys to stay on with me uh, when I end the video. But before we get off here, I need. Milo and Joe to tell everybody how they can find you and follow you on social media where they can go and donate to your marathon again. Chris, thank you so much, Chris, for helping Joe out. Yeah, thank, thank you. That is fantastic. That's so, so I'm so grateful for that. That is, is amazing. That's such a nice thing to do. And, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be shouting out everybody when we, when we get to the, uh, the next milestone and uh, I'll be sure to, to, to mention your name. Thank you very much. That is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Round of applause for them. And good luck to you, mate. Thank you. I'll be at the end with a pint. How many? Yeah. <laughs> Waiting for you. Pint for me. Get an Uber. You don't yeah, want to right. walk too much. You might hurt yourself. Well, it's, it's, it's in London, isn't it? They're like forest bikes. Yeah. I'd be standing at the end with two pints. He'd be like, is that mine? Nope. These two are for me. Yours is over yeah, there at the yeah. bar still. Yeah. Good stuff. So how can everybody follow you on, on social media, Joe and Milo? Uh, so for the sidecar racing that we're doing, uh, Massad Motorsport uh, on Instagram, uh, we're not on Facebook yet. We should probably do that. Yeah. Um, but there'll be um, bits posted on on my facebook page which is marlo board racing 41 uh same thing there for instagram for my racing page and then on we're hoping to get the youtube up and running this year yeah and my missus does is a videographer um so hopefully she's going to come along do a bit of filming maybe we'll get an onboard camera or something and film the bullshit that goes on yeah. behind the scenes. all the fun um, all the fun so, that, that we'll get a YouTube channel set up, which will probably go along the lines of Massard Motorsport again, yeah, yeah. Um, which is, you know, such a cool original name that we came up with. <laughs> it took ages. Yeah. <laughs> it took way too long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's where you can find me and, and, and what we're doing. Yeah. My, uh, I've got, uh, my uh, Instagram is uh, J and then O2, because my race number was number two and then EPH underscore Thomas. And then on there, you, you can see my, my help page for um for the london marathon so if anybody anything from a pound to two pound you know honestly it's really whatever it is i'm really grateful because a little bit of a lot of things is is, is going to go a really long way and uh, i'm really looking forward to doing it absolutely absolutely and i have some things i gotta say too before we get off here but uh rosie thomas she says was an awesome chat best of luck in the coming season 
uh, in the coming race next month. That's my sister. She's passenger sidecars as well for my dad. <laughs> Cheers, Rosie. Thank you, Rosie. Absolutely. And thank you for watching, Rosie, and commenting too as well. That's that's proper. And then Andrea says, Chris, if you're on the island this year, call in and have a couple with uh, sidecar number 24. Great interview. Thank you so much. Unfortunately, I won't be making the TT this year. I will be uh, over there in the UK in, in 2025. I will be going to the race before Cadwell, and I'll be going back to Cadwell. I'll be hanging out with all my mates out there, Dave Neal, uh, Braden Elliott. I mean, the list goes on, Cameron Frazier. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be over there. The TT, it'll probably be a couple of years because that's, I mean, for me in America, it costs us a lot of money to fly over there and, and yeah. all that. Good stuff. I mean, for me and my wife, my son to go, it's probably going to cost me every bit of 10000 bucks. So, yeah. you know, that's that's a lot of money um, versus yeah. I can go to, you know, uh, Louth and them for, you know, twenty five hundred bucks. And that's my airfare, yeah. my hotel and all that. So. But, yeah, listen, as always, thank you guys so much for watching and liking, subscribing to the podcast. Big shout out to my man, uh, Martin from the Clothing King podcast. You can go there and get any type of merch you want from pin to gas. He also offers it for Luke Hedger, my man, Jake, R&D Racing. Uh, Tim uh, Hardy, uh, all those guys. So, yeah, uh, thank you guys so much. And, again, big shout-out to Jake Marsh, Club 45. So that's something else I've been trying to get my mates out here to do out here in, in the United States is start their own club like you guys do over there, which is a brilliant idea, right? Uh, so that's something I've been working on, us American riders, trying to get them to. just tell, it's, it's great promotion. It really is. It's You get more people involved, you know, and people actually feel like they're part of something mm. instead of just a fan. And to me – that says a lot, right? Uh, yeah. it's, 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 it's really good stuff, but listen, I thank you guys so much. I, I just don't, I, I get lost for words, Milo and Joe. I really do. It's like, dude, this podcast has taken off to where I never envisioned or dreamed it, it, it's been going. And it's just, yeah, honestly, we, we've really enjoyed it. Um, uh, hopefully good. everybody else has enjoyed it as well. Cause we just enjoy talking to you. And if, 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 <laughs> if you haven't enjoyed it, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And listen, on that note, that's the best note to end on right there. So I'm ending on that one. You guys heard it first from Milo. Man, what a legend. Thank you so much again. Same thing, Joe. Proper legend, mates. Thank you guys Thanks, so much. Man. And uh, listen, stay tuned. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. No, it's my mum. Uh, yeah, I don't want my mum to think I swear that much. No, you uh, don't. I, I'm it's sorry. the first time. Yeah, first time <laughs> that's awesome. But listen, guys, thank you guys so much. And yeah. Part two will be coming up uh, here in a couple of months. And uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Thank you, everyone. Yes, thank you.